funny. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 409. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Hey, Puddin', you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. But if I'm being honest, this show creeps me the fuck out. I toss it. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And And we're the Leftovers. leftovers. (laughs) Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Oh, never do that again. I'm sorry. I don't even know what that it was an attempt at. I, I, are you, are, are you trying to, are you trying to get him with the, with a younger demographic there, Jake? What was going on there? What was going on I there? I don't know. It was, it was just knee jerk. I did not, no <laughs> rehearsal. <laughs> it's apparent there was no rehearsal. I mean, that is like, that goes without saying. I mean, cause if you would have rehearsed that, you would have, you would have heard how ridiculous it sounded once it came out of your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time remembering what I even did. I yeah yeah I would block it out too. I would block it out too. Yeah, it's like I don't remember that, and I don't remember Uncle Petey touching me in my private spots. You know, so it's like those are those are the two things that I don't ever want to think about anymore. They're buried in the recesses of my goddamn brain. I get it. Yeah, Jeff. I will. I will never have the therapy to dig those out. Yeah, exactly. You don't need. You don't need that. Oh, fuck it. Let's just. Yeah, let's just wait until you have a crazy outburst and kill a bunch of people. Yeah. It's cheaper that way. It is. It's like, well, legal fees. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we've got it. Yeah, this is one of our most disturbing interests. Um, <laughs> we, we have, and I'm not just saying on your end, Jake. I took it to some dark places there. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't take that personally. Yeah, good, good. Um, you should though, because never do that again. <laughs> never, never do that again, Jake. Yeah, fuck no. It'll get to the point where I have to invite you onto the show. You won't be, you won't be a, like, like a permanent <laughs> fixture on the show. It'll be like me inviting you. If that oh. shit. No, 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 don't, <laughs> don't even. <laughs> I'm scared to listen back now. No, don't, don't go down that road. All right. We have a guest. Welcome back, Stephanie Chapman. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? How are you? Where? <laughs> 
I was doing good. Then I hit record and said, hello, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. You know, (laughs) everything before that moment, fan-fucking-tastic stuff, babe. But everything's (laughs) kind of gone downhill ever since I hit that old record button, if you know what I mean. So, welcome to episode 409. We're going to keep this episode clean, Jake, because it's episode 409. Nice. 409 reference. Yeah, we're going to keep it clean. No cursing on this one. Did did we curse earlier? A hundred percent, probably. Probably. I think so. Man, yeah. what, what, what? <laughs> I think Stephanie's like, I think so. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I think you probably dropped about five F-bombs there. <laughs> so. There, there goes, goes that 409. There goes 409. We one chance at a clean episode, Jake. Some people, <laughs> some people don't get the reference, Jake. Formula 409, it's a cleaning solvent. Do they not make 409 anymore? I think they – don't they still make 409? Who the fuck is buying 409? Mm, mm. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever bought 409. Mm. Stephanie, have you ever bought Formula 409? I <laughs> No, I've never bought 409. Can't tell you the last time I even saw like a bottle of 409. Now that you're mentioning it, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Do hold on, guys. This is oh shit. We got ourselves a mystery. Do they still make (laughs) formula for it's uh it's the third option on Google. You can still buy it, Jake. Formula hmm. four, Formula 409 multi-surface cleaner. $2. I'm reading it's been discontinued by the manufacturer as of 2019. Shit, man. I'm seeing I can fucking buy it on Walmart right now. Let's go here. Add to cart. 409. <laughs> 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 Removes 100% of grease and grime, Jake. <laughs> Lemon fresh. Oh, it looks like Clorox took it over a year later. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's just another Clorox product now. Oh. It's it's a lie. It's Formula 410. (laughs) It's just, yeah, I I, I agreed, Stephanie. (laughs) It was but dumb dumb. Um, I'm kidding, Jake. It was... um, yeah, it's just that's just Clorox just basically trying to fucking trick people into thinking they're still getting Formula Four Hundred Nine. Yeah, shady. Shady. The original as fuck. was back when like cleaners, I'm sure, had all kinds of pesticides and chemicals, and everybody wants everything natural. That was probably pure oh, battery know. acid. Yeah, that, no. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> back when you wanted to clean your not well ventilated area. <laughs> oh shit! We locked Grandma in the bathroom with four oh nine. Call nine one one. Nine. <laughs> And then you panic and accidentally call 409. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy if they're like, oh, shit, we got another one. Oh, fuck. Mm. Yeah, let's see here. What we... Oh, we had a we had a <laughs> this episode is garbage, man. <laughs> You've already decided that it's, it's so cr- early. It is so bad. We're talking about a fucking. Ooh, do they still make Formula Four? No, it looks like it was discontinued. No, I th- Clorox brought it back. Like it's like it's the fucking Jesus Christ of fucking of, of cleaners. Oh, it rose from the grave. 
Ah, and on the third day, 409 came back into existence. <laughs> it's like 409 <laughs> Easter. God. <laughs> Don't worry, it's back. Oh, man. Uh, we had a contest that we talked about last week for, what was it for? It was for the, the beanies. Who's making the noise over there? Huh? Who's playing shuffleboard right now? I don't think it's me. I don't think, I didn't think it was me either. I don't know. I'm hearing like a clicking, I'm hearing like a clicking and a clacking. I, I did hear it too. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple, few more clacks than clicks, but definitely some clicking clacking going on. I didn't know if Dorothy was trying to get home. What the fuck was going on there? <laughs> if I could click my heels and get out of this episode, I would. <laughs> um, yeah, last week we had, what was it? We had uh, two contests and uh, got a, I got a bunch of entries for one of them and uh, nobody really entered the, uh, the commando. Uh, so I'm going to keep it open for one more week, and if uh, nobody else enters the the commando um, contest, then uh, I don't know. I'll just I'll give it out to family members or something, Jake. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But there you uh, go. save some money on birthday gifts. Yeah, I'm going to put out another tweet for the Mickey Rourke uh, um, uh, movie, uh, the Commando, and. Uh, It'll be, uh, I'll put out another tweet and another Facebook post. And, uh, all you have to do is retweet and, uh, or share the Facebook post, screenshot that you did, and then send your entry. Send it to the new email, guys. Some of you still send it to the old one. All right. Send it to the new email contest at popcultureleftovers.com. Title it The Commando. And, uh, next, not next week. But the week after, because we're ta- I'm taking the week off next week, Jake. Taking the week off. There you go. Yeah, taking the week off. But uh, send it to um, send it send it there, and then we'll pick those fucking winners in a couple weeks for the commando. But we do have to go over the winners for uh, what was it for uh, New York Homicide? The 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 beanie and the what was it? Beanie and scarves, Jake. Beanies and scarves. Beanies yes. and scarves. Beanies and scarves. That is weird, wild stuff, Ed. Beanies and scarves. <laughs> I believe you get one or the other. You do not get both. I, I, I did not know that. That is, that is weird, wild stuff. <laughs> Beanies and scarves, Ed. Did you know that? Beanies and scarves. That's very good. That is, that is weird, Jake. That is, ah, oh, that is weird. Now, uh, let's bring on our first guest, uh, from the, uh, San Diego Zoo. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I was hoping it was the animal expert. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is, is that, is that a cougar or is it a lynx? Ed, do you know the difference between a cougar and a lynx? It's weird. <laughs> Ed's getting mauled by a cougar. Oh, oh, oh that, getting mauled by a lynx. I thought that is a lynx that Ed is getting mauled by. Um, I don't know what I'm doing yeah, right Ed now. Ed would probably enjoy getting mauled by a cougar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Cougars didn't usually go after Ed. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. If you're a cougar to Ed McMahon, you're probably dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is true. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so I think she said. I think she said um, up to th- up to th- three winners. I'm not sure, Jake. So I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Let me pause. All right, we're gonna pick four winners, Jake. We're gonna pick right, four winners because it's yeah. Let me figure it out. Uh, and it could be it could, it could be more, but I'm not gonna. I can't make the promise here. So we're gonna pick four, 
four people guaranteed winners here. And first winner is going to be Marissa Armstrong. Awesome. You think she's going to be a beanie or a scarf person? Oh, God. I've been... Ooh, <laughs> oh, man. Jake, you ask the questions that keep me up at night, sir. Um, <laughs> don't really give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> don't... I don't know. Stephanie, do you give a shit what she gets at the end of the day? No. I don't care if they fucking spray in the face of 409, Jake. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, congratulations, Marissa. <laughs> At least it's the new 409. It's true. Oh, man, the, the pre-Clorox one, her face would have melted off. <laughs> like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, no shit. Uh, next winner is Larry Mayday. All right. Larry Mayday wins. All right, next winner. Let's see here. Come on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ wins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a scarf guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Campos. Jacob Campos, number three. This is fun. I love these contests. Oh, yeah. Thrilling. Yeah. Jeremy Hill, you're going to win a... All right. Last winner, you're going to win a beanie and or a scarf. Jake, Jake, what do you th- what do you think Jeremy's going to walk away with, buddy? I'm leaning towards beanie for Jeremy. Oh, Stephanie. Uh, what are you leaning towards? I'm leaning towards scarf. I'm leaning towards I still don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what any of them are, end, end up with. You don't need to email me and let me know. I'll just I'll, – there's going to be four more people out there with, richer with beanies and scarves. That's all I give a fuck about. Yeah, anyway. All right. So those are the four winners. Uh, let's see here. Jake, guess what's coming up here, man? I did not know this was a thing. Uh, did you know that there is a professional pillow fight championship happening this month? I had no idea. Live on pay-per-view, Jake. <laughs> I'm not even are kidding. You, are you kidding about I'm not part? kidding. I want you to go to fightpfc.com. I'm going. Fight, P as in Paul, F as in Frank, C as in cunt. <laughs> fightpfc.com I'm there dude oh my god this is a real fucking thing and they've got a pay-per-view <laughs> coming up for the PFC pillow fight championships get ready to watch PFC pound down on pay-per-view January 29th and Jake I think it's like 12.99 yeah 13 bucks not bad not bad for the pillow fight championships I'm dude I think that this would be a fun thing to you know, have a bunch of people come over and watch the pillow fight championships. <laughs> so ridiculous! It's people in there. Know the rules, <laughs> dude. It's like they're they're like legit in like an in like a UFC octagon with the fence up in in the back and everything, and they're fucking throwing a pillow at each other. Uh, 
<laughs> they throw it? You can actually toss the pillow? I don't know. It looks like there's on one end, the, the end that they grip, it looks like it's got like a hole for their hand to go through. So they get better. I mean, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm analyzing the grippage of the pillow. But like. Yeah, I'm watching video now. It looks like you have to hold, you, you have to hold on to the pillow the entire time. Oh, what happens if you drop it? Do you, like, get docked points or something? <laughs> this is not nap time, the advertisement says. <laughs> 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 oh, that's amazing. You can re- oh, the name of the pay-per-view is Pound Down. Pound Down. Dude, you can register to fight, Jake. Mm, yeah, I'm actually clicking that right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, registration is closed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, did you enter your name in? No, I clicked the uh, register and then it took me to a uh, a closed form. Mine is letting me register. Mine says it wants my basic contact info. Register. Oh, now I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck it. I'm Man. registering right now. <laughs> 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 Let's see. I'm a yeah, fuck. What if you cheat? Can you put like a brick in your pillow? Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You could put bricks in your pillow. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a bobcat in mine. It just rips out. And just, <laughs> mauls the person in the ring. Some people are barefoot. Some have sneakers. Like it's a. I guess everybody's got their own method. Oh shit, man! Different styles, Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> strangest thing. isn't it and like i lo- the ads it like when they show people it the ads look like i'm watching this are you watching the video i watched the video yeah it was hilarious <laughs> these these two guys are in the ring and they're like one at a time like back and forth hitting each other in the head who's gonna who's gonna do you is there a way to tap out like oh man i'm done getting hit by this pillow i'm done i'm done what are the rules jake we gotta know the rules I, I have been Googling the entire time to try to find the rules for this. Oh, my God. Let me see. I'm going to replay this. Let's listen to the audio for this commercial. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see here. I'm going to replay. I want to hear this. That's it. I wanted them to start saying shit. Like, you know, this month we got... You know, fucking <laughs> Mr. Sandman versus <laughs> Casper, the not-so-friendly pillow-throwing ghost or whatever. I, I don't know. All right, here's some rules. As long as the fighter uses a pillow to attack, leg drops, submission holds, punching, and other moves are prohibited within the match. The fighter is not allowed to hold her attacker's arm when she decides to attack with a pillow. If that happens, she will most likely be warned or disqualified from the match. So you can't just, like stop the pillow being you have to just take the hits it looks like okay okay but you can stop the pillow with the other pillow right correct you yeah can, like, swing it but you I can like looks... bob and weave right you can bob and weave yeah okay i'm glad that you know our forefathers died on the battlefield <laughs> so that we could fucking do this shit <laughs> you want to guess how much a professional pillow fighter makes per match per uh, out? if it's a lot of money i'm gonna be fucking Super upset because this is the most ridiculous shit ever. How much? It's actually nothing. It's a hundred bucks. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. That makes sense. I'm. I, there's faith. I have faith in the world now. So that's good. 
I thought I, I thought I lost all faith in humanity there for a moment. Yeah, I was getting scared too. All right, yeah, that was fun. I just thought that that was super interesting that there is a pillow fight. fucking championship actually happening i had no idea this was actually a thing i wonder if they can get seriously i wonder if they can get seriously injured it doesn't look like it but (laughs) (laughs) some guy being taken out on a stretcher (laughs) ambulance waiting they got medics there (laughs) So, so what part of the pillow hurt you i i don't know it's just it's this is crazy how fun, how much fun can it, Jake, how much fun can it actually be to watch a match though? Think about it. How much fun can it actually be? Like, I feel like after you've seen two matches, you've seen it you've, all. You've got it all. Like there's nothing left, right? It's yeah, just, it it's, seems pretty boring. It's just two people. And do you think that they have like a Royal Rumble where it's like 10 people rush to the <laughs> ring, get into the ring and start hitting each other with pillows? Yeah. I'd rather see like a pillow fort contest, I think. I think that'd be more interesting. I'd like to see like a ladder match. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> All right, let's move on into good pop, bad pop this week. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All righty. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me re- reiterate. No new episode next week. Taking the week off, Jake. Taking the week off. There you go. No new episode next week. Yeah. We're going to miss big things next week, right? No, it didn't look like it. I don't think so. Um, no, I don't, th- I don't think so either. <clears throat> I, I didn't see any big like movie releases coming out next week. Seems like a good week to miss. Yeah. You'll live, people. You'll live. Uh, oh, shit. I've got two episodes of Station Eleven left, Jake. I'm loving Station Eleven. Absolutely loving it. Loving it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of hype for the finale. I guess people thought it was really good. Yeah, I haven't watched the... Uh, I got two more episodes left, so... Wasn't a huge fan of episode eight, to be honest with you. So I just haven't rushed to, to get back into it. And I had a bunch of shit to watch for this week's episode. But I will probably be watching uh, the finales, uh, the finale for uh, Station Eleven tomorrow. Um Let's see. Oh, yeah, The Book of Boba Fett. Um, we haven't talked about episode two and three. Stephanie, are you watching Book of Boba Fett? I am not. Yeah, didn't, I didn't think you would. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think you've seen the original trilogy, have you? Um, I have not. Yeah, I, <laughs> so you're, you're just, you're just not, you're not, you're not plugged into the old Star Wars world. I am not plugged in, but I love yeah. to hear everybody else's excitement about all of the Star Wars properties that are being really... Okay. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair question. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like, I'm not a part of it, but I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's so cute. You get excited about <laughs> laser swords and little green people. And all right. Anyway, um, let's see here. Yeah, Jake, what'd you what'd you think, man? What are you What are you thinking about uh, the book of Boba Fett? Now that we're three episodes deep. 
I'm kind of not as hype as I was after the first episode, to be honest with you. I thought the second episode, a little bit slow, but overall a pretty decent episode. I thought it ended strong, had a pretty cool action sequence with the uh, train and the and the swoop bikes. Um, I thought the third episode was laughably bad and felt bad for Robert Rodriguez as a director. I was honestly shocked when his name came up at the end. Um I've never seen anything quite like that chase sequence at the end, especially right after watching episode two and seeing the, the train sequence, which was pretty well done and really conveyed a sense of speed. But, oh, my gosh, it's it was almost felt like Star Wars parody at the end of episode three between the brightly colored Mighty Morphin Power Rangers bikes that his uh, gang friends were riding to just how slow the speed seemed to be that they were going. Uh, I could not believe how long that sequence went on. It, so far, that was probably the worst action sequence I've ever seen on any Disney Plus original series, Star Wars or Marvel or Marvel. Yeah, so I would give that episode a low taste it. The only thing keeping it from being a toss it is I did enjoy the uh, Rancor stuff and Danny Trejo's appearance. Yeah, I got to agree. I, I loved the second episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it, I loved the, the train sequence. I loved his time with the sand people. And when this episode started, I was like, okay, all right, this is cool. Um, and then I saw um, – uh, Sophie Thatcher, who's like one of the, um, I don't know, those young teen ruffians that are in this episode, I guess. Um, <laughs> she's also in Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I, I think she's great. And she showed up in this. And I'm like, awesome. I like, I like this actor. She's great. Sophie Thatcher. Very cool. And then like that whole action sequence was like the worst thing I've ever fucking seen. Like <laughs> they could have gotten out and ran faster than that chase scene. It was, and I think it like, I think it was supposed to kind of mimic back to the future too. I agree. I mean, he even like, instead of having manure dump on him, it's like the fruit dumps on him at the end. And they just reminded me of, like, Biff's gang that had been upgraded with, like, all the future tech and shit. And it was terrible. It was fucking – yeah, it was laughable, Jake. It was bad. It's also – it's a low taste it for me on episode three. And when I – I I was the exact same way. When I saw Robert Rodriguez's name pop up at the end, I was like – You've got to be kidding me. This is like, <laughs> this is day and night from like what we saw from him in the Mandalorian and even in the first episode of this. Agreed. Agreed. What's going yeah, on I, here? I don't know. I, is COVID at fault here? Like that they weren't able to deliver on the special effects and make it he, look good? If he had COVID, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> but unless he didn't have COVID, there's no excuse for this shit. Yeah, I was shocked. I, I could not believe what I was watching. I, I laughed when they did the whole Biff thing and he got covered in the gourds or whatever the fuck those were. Like, it was just so cheesy. There's a, At one point, they, like, cut to a character who's screaming because of how fast these people are going. And it's like, no, they're, they're going so slow. <laughs> I know. It was so bad. And they kind of overcompensate with it with a lot of herky-jerkiness with the camera too, which makes the whole thing come off even worse looking than it would already. I, Yeah, this was shocking. I think that they – I think that he didn't – 
I honestly think that he didn't think this through that, that these sets would not support like, um, a fast action scene like that. Like the, the, the most, the most Vespa, is it most Vespa or most Espa? The most Espa sets do not support Vespas. Vespas are faster than what we saw in this episode. <laughs> I've seen Vespas go faster than these. Um, but I don't, is that it, Jake? Because like that, that most Espa town, it just isn't, they're, the way that they're navigating and moving in that town, you just couldn't, you couldn't get up to speed, I, I don't think. Yeah, maybe that's true, but these effects didn't look practical to me, which made it even more baffling. Yeah. Uh, it, it really looked like everything was superimposed over a screen. Yeah. And if that's the case, you really think you could tighten up, like making it a kinetic, fast paced action sequence. I, yeah, this was appalling. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I, I love seeing Danny Trejo too. I thought that that was really cool. Do you think that, Danny Trejo was being sincere or do you think that the rancor is was sent there nefariously to fucking uh, take care of Boba Fett? I think he was being sincere and I I'll even go a step further. I think he's happy with Fett as the rancor's boss because he knows it's not going to get mistreated. I mean, you know, the huts they use like rodents to wipe sweat off their body. Yeah. They're probably not the best with being humane towards their animals and pets. I feel like the Rancor owner owner was very happy with Boba Fett, especially after the conversa- conversation they have. And- it's just a really, cause you can take kind of like what Danny Trejo's character said as either a threat or sincere. Cause like he says something along the lines of like, to the rancor, like, oh, don't worry, you know, he'll be back or something like that. And it's like, don't worry, he'll be back and he'll be your lunch or don't worry. Um, you know, this is the first time you're, you've bonded with a, with like, you know, someone and he'll be back. So, I mean, you could take it either way. That's how I took it. Like it could go either way. I haven't really landed on how I feel about that scene though. Yeah, I don't know. I just took it for face value. I, I, you definitely can take it either way. But just with the taking the blanket off his eyes, like I, I believe that that was the actual science of how it works. So I, I think they really are bonded. And he misses Boba Fett being there scratching his nose. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, part of me was thinking that, you know, maybe the, the Rancor had already bonded with Danny Trejo's character and that this was this was the Hutt's, you know, Basically, they're going to have their have, you know, try to get their revenge this way. Um, but real quick, do you am I the only one that gets uh, Cersei Jamie Lannister vibes from the uh, Hut twins? Oh, I didn't I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, it just seems very creepy. Like they're obviously twins and related and brother and sister. Yeah. but they're they're very close. Oh, you think they're fucking? I do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're literally close. Like they're like, they, they almost look like they're conjoined. So yeah, their tails are kind of overlapping on each other. I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this series, but man, my God, that is the, that is, that was, that was a terrible episode. Oh my God. I, I'm shocked that got greenlit. It was so bad that I wouldn't be surprised 
if in future years it honestly got cleaned up. We'll see. I mean, they haven't anything. I mean, anything post Lucas, they haven't really made any changes with yet. And we've had a, we've had some complaints with some of the with some of the effects post Lucas. So we'll see what happens. It was bad. It was really fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, my enthusiasm for the show went down after that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, Especially was, to end the episode on that. that That's what really yeah. hurt. It was just, it ended on such a sour note. I was like, yeah, I'll probably wait till Friday to watch episode four now. <laughs> yeah, I, I had forgotten that, like, like it was like Wednesday and it was really late and I'd already watched a couple things. I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's Book of Boba Fett Day. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, Scream 2022 came out in theaters, uh, this week. 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Uh, Jake, I know you could probably echo exactly a lot of what I'm going to say here and even elaborate further, but like I'm a huge fan of like the original Scream movie. Huge fan. Like Wes Craven, Horror Master, probably one of the best fucking slasher movies ever made. Um, I remember going to the theater in 1996 and watching this and just fucking being blown away at how well made and how fun and how like at the time it was just like it was it was like a horror mo- like you know like the 70s had fucking halloween and like now in the 90s it's like we've we've had you know a good 20 years of like horror movies and they basically just s- took the genre and then and then made it super meta in that movie and they continued to do that in this movie but man i fucking love that first scream movie so much um i'm sure you have thoughts jake yeah, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite horror movies as well. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of hardcore horror community people, like, don't like Scream because it's that first movie that really, like, used all the horror movie tropes from the last, you know, 20-plus years of horror That's movies. That's what I and, loved about it. Oh, me too, me too. But you can see the complaining because once you kind of take that door down, it, it lets a lot of other movies try the same trick, but not as well like you've pretty much seen every horror movie since this like do these like self-reference things yeah yeah. and just no one's really been able to nail it like uh the original scream including the original three sequels in my opinion yeah yeah stephanie what's your experience with scream are you a big fan huge fan i also remember going to see it um in theaters in the mid 90s and i remember like genuine i remember i'd watched like all the nightmare on elm streets and the halloweens and the and uh friday the 13th those movies and i it screamed to me along with i think final destination is a good example and kind of also in the same vein like i know what you did last summer yeah that like i feel like our generation got a new take on horror movies that had like really awesome and like innovative ideas especially final destination i'm always going to ride hard for that movie because i think that concept is just amazing <laughs> yeah but i yeah i think scream was really like you guys were talking about how meta it is it's it truly is in a league of its own i think the reveal at the end is 
is classic. It, it can't be B. It, I think it shocked most people at the first time. And so I think that first scream is the blueprint that a lot of films are using since then and just quite ha- haven't got it quite right. But for me, that first scream will always be like a top, top three horror movie for me, for sure. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is definitely, you'll, I think you'll all agree. It's definitely a love letter to the first movie. And the, but the question is, did it work? Did it work? I mean, it's okay. We'll open this up. It, it's a, it's, it's a slasher film directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpin, who was also, um, uh, a director on, uh, the VHS movie, which I love VHS. He also did Ready or Not, the, uh, Samara Weaving film. I know, Jake, you're a big fan of Ready or Not. Yeah, huge fan. I love that movie. I was not. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm in, I'm in the minority there. I'll be honest. I'm in the minority. Uh, Tyler Gillette, and it's written by James Vanderbilt and, uh, Gary Busick. Not Gary Busick. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Guy, Guy Busick. Guy Busick, not Gary. <laughs> I read that name earlier, Stephanie, and it sounded like, it looked like Gary Busey the first time I saw it. <laughs> Didn't you have Jerry, fucking Gary Busey has a show where he's a judge? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like Judge Gary Busey's show. Hold on. Let me look. Judge <laughs> Gary Busey. Hold on. Let me look this up. Yeah, it, Gary Busey, pet judge. <laughs> oh, for like animal cases even. <laughs> yes. You're about to oh, meet no. some people with some serious pet problems. Good things. There. Good thing there's an iron hand of pet justice to sort things straight. Yeah, Gary Busey, pet judge. <laughs> oh my God! You need to go to the IMDb page and look at the poster for this thing. He, uh, Gary Busey, looks like a maniac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put down the cocaine, Gary. We need a verdict on whether or not this dog has crossed property lines when he's shitty. <laughs> I guess, like, Garrett, like, 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 why don't they have Ozzy Osbourne do it? You know, he can fucking <laughs> bite the head off a bat when he's fucking giving the ber- verdict. Um, <laughs> this, this picture. The picture is ridiculous, isn't it? I love how it's an acronym to GBPJ, Gary Busey, <laughs> Pet Judge. I ha- they have the trailer available to watch, and to the right of it, there's a there is a turtle on a box turtle on a skateboard. That <laughs> I have this is ridiculous. Let's get back to scream. Um, <laughs> scream. Uh, though billed as a relaunch of the film series, the film is a direct sequel to Scream Four. And the first in the series not to be directed by Wes Craven. It stars franchise veterans David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and newcomers Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jack Quaid, Dylan Minnette, Mason Gooding, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who is, uh, in, uh, she's in Yellow Jackets as well. I think she's fantastic in that, in that series. Mikey Madison and Sonia Ben Amar with, uh, Marley Shelton, Ski Ulrich, Heather Matazaro and Roger L. Jackson reprising their roles from previous installments. And, um, yeah, uh, Stephanie, big fan of the original. Did you watch all the sequels? I think I stopped around the second or third and just couldn't stomach anymore. After that. <laughs> yeah. I, it was, I think it was, uh, no, I don't know if I watched Scream 2011. I think I did once and it's not memorable for me. 
Um, it's slightly better than the third one. Third one was terrible. Um, Jay, uh, no, Stephanie, what did you think about uh, the new Scream movie? Oh my god, I really did not care for it. I thought it had... You had mentioned earlier, like, it, it's like a love letter to the first movie. It's like a love letter, but written with the person's not dominant hand, because it's terrible. Like, it had all the good intentions, but the execution just, to me, was not there. Um, I, It was... It had so many, I feel like it had the like, good ideas, but it really, it didn't use them in the best way. And I thought the ending was so bad. Like the motive of the killer was, are we in spoilers or no? Uh, if you're, no, I, I don't want to, it's just, the movie just came out. So I don't want to just, I don't want to spoil it. Fair. So. I'm glad I asked. Okay, fair. I mean, so. some of the things, I mean, <sighs> Okay, minor spoiler that I think I will bring. I, I don't want to spoil the end, but minor spoiler about one of the characters in this that I think I do want to eventually talk about is the fact that one of the main leads in the movie, one of the newer cast, plays the daughter of Billy Loomis. So yeah, that's fair. That, that fact's brought up pretty early. Very early in the movie. Very early in the movie. So I think we can touch on that if you had any thoughts about that, Stephanie, but I don't want to spoil the end of okay. the movie. Yeah. Okay, fair. So I think that, like, like, that's a concept that I feel like they could have used to their advantage. I don't think it was used very well. That's a good example. I think it was just... I just didn't care for what they did with the pieces they, with, with like the ideas that they had. Um, I think I, I actually, I, I appreciated the fact that a lot of, there was a lot of connections to the pre, to the original movie that played out in the, in this film. Um, I really was, I had, I had high hopes. I don't know why, but I had high hopes going in a packed theater. So it was like, it was a cool experience on that front, but I didn't care for the execution of some of the ideas and the ending I thought was just abysmal. So I'm going to give it a low taste. Then. Low taste. Uh, yeah. Jake, what were your thoughts on uh, the new scream? I actually liked it quite a lot. I'm going to give it a high taste. It, um, I, I thought it was easily the best of the scream sequels. Um, I enjoyed the meta commentary. I liked all the requill stuff. I thought that was fun. I thought it was a good use of uh, the legacy characters, uh, much better than in the 2011. Um, I thought the opening sequence was kind of weak for a Scream movie. That's one thing keeping it from being a Tupperware. It wasn't. It was almost an exact redo of the first one, but without you know the screen presence of Drew Barrymore or a completely original idea. Just kind of a, a retreading of what went on there. But overall, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, I I did not figure out who the killers were until you know right before you're supposed to uh, i was guessing the whole movie i thought a lot of the deaths were a lot of fun uh, i laughed quite a bit this movie actually got me a lot more emotional than i expected it to get me at one point um yeah i, th I thought this was great uh, if you're a fan of scream this is definitely worth seeing i, I think if you uh tapped out anywhere in between two and four just forget about it and see this movie so high taste it for me I I am also gonna give it a high taste. It. Um, I mean, it's actually like it's not the high it's not the highest of taste. It's but it's a high taste. It. I I don't really know how to how to explain that. It's 
I'm kind of with you, Jake. The beginning, like, there is no beating the Drew Barrymore intro in Scream. Like, and the, especially the way that that fucking ends, like with her hanging there and her parents coming home and seeing her and shit. It's just like, oh my fucking God, I can't believe they just did that. Um, and I recently watched, rewatched Scream, uh, on Halloween and it still holds up and it's still great. Um, <clears throat> and I guess I just kind of got lost in the fact that it's just like, yeah, let's fucking, let's just go down, let's just go down Scream 1 and fucking bring in the le- like you know bring in the legacy characters that are that are still around and have like some new blood in here and you know a lot of these a lot of what's happening here is like inspired by the first movie like basically like recreating a bunch of like scenes and murders from you know that first film and i just i guess i just kind of got lost in i was just like Fuck it. Yeah, if you're going to do this, just do it this way. That's fine. Whatever. I love that first movie. And I, you know, without spoiling this, I, I, I really had a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, I think it's definitely a, a strong movie. Do I need to see any more? No. Do I think they're going to read? Do I think they're going to make more? Probably. I think they should just stop after this. I mean, it, it really made me feel like they're, you know, going forward with like a new female lead that they're trying to create their new Sydney with this Samantha character. And like, I don't need any more after this. Like, you know, we've had 26 years now of, of Scream. We don't need to, we can just put this one to bed. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Um, I thought Jack Quaid was a lot of fun in this one. I love him in The Boys, and I thought he was a lot of fun in this movie. Um, and I, too, Jake, was trying to guess, like, who the killer was this entire movie, and I was, I was wrong. And so, I, I just... I felt like every time I thought I, I knew who it was, they got killed in the next scene. And I was like, oh. I'm su- <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm surprised to hear both of you say that because offline I'll ask you a question, but there was like a scene in which I like thought I had figured it out. Okay. I'll, we'll talk about it later. I'm just surprised to hear you both say that. Though. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and I'll yes. tell you why I thought, you know, it was the particular person that I thought it was. And then when that person gets killed, I'm just like, oh fuck. Well that, that's out the window. <laughs> and I think it made, that's what made it a little bit more fun for me. Maybe Stephanie is that I'm constantly guessing like, who is the killer? Who is the killer? And I like the the meta the meta commentary in this. I thought was a lot of fun because I do have so much love for that original movie. It can, I mean, if the writing's bad and the way that they portray that shit is not entertaining, like then you're just like, oh my god, you just shit on the entire first movie. Um, I didn't feel like they did that, so I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to and maybe i wanted to go into this and maybe i wanted to go into this and enjoy it but man i'm honestly i felt like that about a lot of movies like i i want to go into this and enjoy it and then the fucking movie just sucks and i'm just sure even previous scream movies i've gone into wanting to enjoy and been like ugh. so yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed whispering the whole movie with, with Michelle about what was going on. Um, I, I loved the, not just the meta commentary about the Scream franchise, but some of the social commentary 
about like toxic fandom I thought was really brilliant. Yeah. I thought the actual motives of why the things were happening were, were honestly pretty genius. I, I really enjoyed the third act of this movie and, and the reveals. I, a, a lot of what it had to say just about fans and fandom and sequels and requels, I, I thought was very clever. Can I oh, – okay. Another minor spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this, then just fast forward. Um, can we talk about Force Ghost Billy Loomis and how stupid that was? So ridiculous. <laughs> That's another reason. I, I don't want to call it, I actually was calling it forced ghost Billy Loomis. It was their way to force that character back into this franchise. And it's like, they almost tried to like, not, he's, he's a villain. They almost tried to like fucking humanize him to where yeah. like, yeah, make you feel sympathy for they him. They did. Yeah. Fuck off with that shit. Like this guy's a serial killer. Get the fuck out of here. That's like another reason that I have to, like, I had a hard time kind of like even giving it the high taste it because that idea is just so goddamn dumb. Like I understand the love for this franchise and I understand the love that we have for like those legacy characters because and, and like you know Matthew, Matthew Lillard and Ski Ulrich and what they did as the villains in that first movie but to try to like humanize him and give him like this fucking like connection with his daughter in this movie was the, some of the dumbest shit they could have done like just make her Billy Loomis's daughter she doesn't need to fucking see like force ghost Billy Loomis in her visions it's fucking dumb yeah, I think a little would have gone a long way, too. Like, if you got to do it, do it once. Let us know that he's kind of in her brain a little bit. You know, maybe one shot in a mirror or something. But in the puddle, in the rearview mirror, just it was just yeah. so overdone. I, I think a little would have went a long way here. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like that was something that you didn't like either, Stephanie. No, I didn't care for it. I also didn't care for the look of it when it happened. I was like, this looks really, he almost looks... I maybe they are trying to make him look like a ghost. And I was like, I, I don't know. I almost would appreciate if he would actually been in the backseat of a car. I don't even know what, it, cause I thought it was stupid Yeah, um, because we didn't need it. It just wasn't the, like you said, the mention of him being her dad was enough. Her needing seeing him. And then when he's screaming at her in the car, like let's slit some throats. I'm like, this is so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. That was bad. That, that like when I saw that kind of shit, I was just like, okay, let's just, okay. Okay, let's just pretend this is not happening. This is <laughs> this is fucking dumb. It's like I can't, he didn't speak. At least though, that would have been the next level of dumb. He did speak. Did he speak? Oh, he I spoke to her. Yeah, he fucking talked to her. He wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> like I I get that fucking like Ray, you know, having Force Ghost visions and Luke having Force Ghost visions is fucking cool. But like for <laughs> like this girl to have like hallucinations of her dead serial killer dad, like, you know, giving her inspirational speeches. <laughs> like it's a fucking football movie. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't think he was much of a father either. I thought the movie kind of established that he was pretty much a deadbeat dad. So what the yeah. fuck does he care? And she sees him like in the same shirt that he went around murdering people. Yeah. In. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I thought that too. She never, she never had. A, she didn't. She wasn't there. Why I, is she seeing him in an outfit that he murdered people? I, I know. Probably the only picture she ever saw of him was, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, yeah. A newspaper she, photo. I, I, she could have looked at a yearbook. 
<laughs> and there wasn't yearbooks around. It was a family secret. Her sister didn't even know. Okay. All right. It's still fucking dumb, Jake. I, I, I'm not <laughs> arguing that it's not dumb, but yeah, it's uh, pretty fucking dumb. It is pretty fucking stupid. All right. Let's move on into our uh, next movie. It's the DC animated film, Injustice. Uh, this came out a few weeks ago. I just picked it up on Blu-ray. And uh, uh, on an alternate Earth, the Joker tricks Superman into killing Lois Lane, which causes a rampage in the hero. Superman decides to take control of Earth. Batman and his allies will have to attempt to stop him. And, uh, yeah, this is originally a video game, and then they made it into a comic, and now they made it into a DC animated movie. And, uh, man, I wanted to love this. But I think there's some problems with the voice acting here, especially from like, you know, we've got, I thought, I thought Anson Mount as Batman was good, but I think the movie kind of hinges on the performance of Superman played by Justin Hartley here. And man, he did not sell it for me at all. Like there's some emotional things happening in this. Like you've got the Joker who basically uses, um, uh, Scarecrow's toxin mixed with kryptonite to make Superman go crazy and Superman thinks that he's killing Doomsday in all actualities. He fucking, you know, kills Lois Lane and his unborn child and that's like gonna push Superman over the edge. And like when she dies, like this actor does not sell it at all. Like there's like, it's, he just kind of like looks down at Lois's dead body and he's like, oh man, that sucks. I'm just like, oh my god, this is so bad as far as that's concerned. And then there's some other things that happen in this, and I don't know if they happened in the comic. I mean, I read a few issues in, but I didn't finish like the whole series. But um, the stuff that happens with with Nightwing later is just stupid as shit, in my opinion. I'm gonna give it a taste. That just it's not the best entry. Um, in the DC animated movies, in my opinion. What did you think, Jake? I think I liked it a lot more than you did. I'll give it a high taste it. Um, yeah, I thought the Superman voice acting was was a little bit sus. Um, I thought it got a lot better when, like, in the third act of the movie, when there was more than one Superman and a little bit more range in the voice acting then. Um, you know, I've never read these comics. I played a bit of the video game, so the story wasn't – I didn't really know what the story was going to be 100% going in. So I think some of the twists and turns and craziness of the storyline just kind of rode me through this. Um, I love the stuff they did with Plastic Man. I love I that, that too. I love Plastic Man. Plastic Man was great. Um, I laughed at how much disrespect the Flash got in this movie. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, I don't know. I just – kind of shut my brain off and had a lot of fun with this um i, I agree it wasn't perfect but yeah I, I thought it was a good roller coaster ride you know it's an elseworld story so you can all bets are off you don't know which superheroes are going to bite the dust and i i enjoyed that aspect of it quite a lot um and i thought it ended strong i, I thought this was a good time high taste it for me <laughs> fuck it did you did you love the ghost dick storyline jake I mean, Ghost Dick. Yeah, it, it was kind of, it was kind of odd. It really didn't have any, um, any resolution, which was probably the worst part about it. 
like I would have expected a little bit more more communication with with the other characters, like after the facts and everything happened in the movie. But yeah, that was probably the dumbest part of the movie was the was the Grayson stuff. I I was shocked at how he became Ghost Grayson too. It was. I thought. I don't know. There's like there's stuff that I really enjoyed in this movie. I thought like Harley really grew on me in this movie. Um, you know, I, I did enjoy the Damien stuff and, 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 and the Batman stuff and the Rajah Ghoul stuff. I just was really let down by, by Superman in this one. And, uh, I, thought, I really enjoyed the Justice League meeting scene. I thought was one of the stronger moments of the, of the cartoon as well. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I'll give, I'll give it a taste it, but as far, if I'm comparing it to some of the other Disney, like, excuse me, Disney animated, uh, DC animated stuff, it's just, it's not up there for me. So if I'm comparing it to like what we've gotten in the past, it's just not as, as good. I, I, Kevin Pollock was the voice of the Joker. Jake, did you know that? I did not. He did a pretty good job, I thought. I thought he did a damn good job. Yeah. That, uh, the, the final laugh and him, him talking to Batman about why he decided to mess with Superman. I thought all the delivery on that stuff was really good. Yeah. I just, I was really let down by Justin Hartley as Superman though. I just felt like there was no emotion. Like, in, has he been Superman before? Is this his first go at it? Not sure. He, cause I, I'm pretty sure Anson Mount has been Batman before. Uh, let's see here. I could be wrong about that, but I, I swear that casting has happened before. I thought this movie could have stand. It could have went a little bit more over the top, right? I, I was kind of expecting yeah. a little bit more on the uh, Mortal Kombat scale of Warner Brothers animated violence, especially with the storyline. Yeah, I don't see any uh, credits for Justin Hartley being Superman before this. This looks like it's his first uh, go at Superman, and. Um he was oh he played Oliver Queen in Smallville. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. I hated that version of Oliver Queen. <laughs> Did you? In, yeah, I couldn't stand him. They played up the like the high school bullshit of it all too much, if I remember correctly. Mm. She was like another love interest. It was kind of a bit of a love triangle between uh, Clark and him, and um, I think Lana. Okay. Yeah. It's been so long since I watched fucking Smallville. It's, it's been forever since I watched Smallville. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, that was injustice. Um the Tender Bar, not the Tinder Bar, which is a completely different <laughs> thing. Tinder Bar is completely different. Tinder's an app. Um this was uh this dropped on Amazon Prime and it had yeah, there were some theaters playing this one too. In 1972, 9-year-old J.R. McGuire moves into his grandfather's dilapidated house in Long Island. Uh, searching for a father figure, he falls under the unconventional tutelage of his uncle Charlie, a charismatic, self-educated bartender who introduces him to a handful of the bar's colorful regulars. As the years pass and JR grows into a young man, he tries to fulfill his dream of becoming a writer. It's directed by George Clooney. Never heard of him, Jacob. Who is this guy? <laughs> Never heard uh, of him. It's, it's that guy from ER. He was one of the ER doctors. Okay. Okay. If you say so, Jake. Um, screenplay by William Monaghan. It's an adaptation of the 2005 memoir of the same name by J.R. Moringer and recounts Morgan's life growing up on Long Island. It stars Ben Affleck, Ty Sheridan, Daniel Ranieri, 
Lily Rabe, and Christopher Lloyd. Um, and uh, I found out Future JR, when we hear the uh, voiceover by Future JR, that was voiced by Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston from Office Space. Band of, uh, not Band of, yeah, Band of Brothers. Yeah. I had to look that up. The, the voice was so familiar. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, what did you think about the tender bar on Amazon Prime? I loved it. I thought it was so well done. It was probably the first, I think it's, or at least in a, in a while that I've watched Ben Affleck in something and like walked away thinking he just was really great in it. I thought this was like the perfect role for him. I thought the, I thought it was just really well done. The story was sweet. Like I felt connected. I felt like I was in the time. I felt like I was in the seventies. Um, I thought it was a great story. I love the way the relationships between the main character were emphasized as he was growing up. Um, uh, fuck that girlfriend he had. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I almost wish that I would have like known how good it was going to be. So I could have like created a better atmosphere when I was watching it. Like, like a nice cocktail and like a dim lighting. Cause it was just great. Um, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Yeah, I'm going to bounce off what you said. Uh, I'm also going to give this one a uh, Tupperware. I, I thought it was fantastic. What is that snapping noise? Uh, my cat is having a sneezing fit. <laughs> that it's still going on. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let's pause. All right. We're, we're back. I had to take a, Pause there. Pause for the cause. Um, what are you giggling about over there, Stephanie? <laughs> your boss, your voice got all soft. It was like pause for the cause. Pause and for then- the cause. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> not not kitty cat pause. Jake's Jake's cat was sneezing. That's why we took a took a break there. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I loved this movie. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Oh my god. He he just. I got my cat on my fucking table now, Jake, and he he just fucking did this thing where he fucking shook his head, and when he did, all this fucking, like, saliva or shit came out of his fucking face, and it's all over my screen now. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I feel, I feel like I'm in the first row of a Gallagher show. What the fuck, bro? Oh, my God. The juice is loose. <laughs> oh, my God. Doing okay there, buddy? I don't think 409 works on electronics. <laughs> it, it, does, it does not. It does not. Um, I love this movie. I I wanted, honestly, I wanted, but th- it's based on a true story. It's based on this guy. And so, like, a lot of what I wanted, he couldn't give me because it's based on a true. I wanted more Ben Affleck as his Uncle Charlie, especially, like, later on in his life. We We did get a little bit. But um, I thought I thought Ben Affleck was great. I really think that Ben Affleck has shined uh, over the last you know couple years as far as like coming back into into acting strong. I loved his you know directing. I loved Argo, but uh, I thought he was great in the Last Duel, and I thought he was fantastic here playing Uncle Charlie. I loved him as Uncle Charlie. I loved his Uncle Charlie. Um, his dad was a complete shitbag in this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> I thought Ty Sheridan did a did a damn good job. The child actor that played uh, that played Jr. was was really good, um, and uh, I, I they that girl, the girl that he was in a relationship with, she oh he she drove me up oh, a fucking Sydney. wall. Sydney, she drove me yeah. up a wall. I could not stand her. And you're you're waiting for like this this moment where you know she gets her comeuppance and and. Uh, 
I mean, welcome to real life, right? So, yeah. um, but uh, I thought it was—I thought this was fantastic. I thought it was—it was wonderfully acted, wonderfully directed, and and Stephanie, you're right. Like the way it, it that that it portrays the '70s, I feel like it really did feel like it was of its time, and um, yeah, I, I really, I really, I really enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I give it a Tupperware as well. Jake, what did you think about uh, the Tender Bar? Yeah, I loved it as well. It was an absolute Tupperware for me. Um, I actually went online after I watched it to because uh, I really hadn't heard about this movie. I kind of wanted to see what the reception to it was. It's not very favorable. I was very shocked by that. It's a 55 on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's insane. And I was just really curious what people weren't liking about this movie. So I kind of dug deep into it. And it seems like a lot of people are upset at the portrayal of alcoholism in this movie and that they didn't do enough for that. And I thought that was just very silly. Um, you know, alcohol affects different people in different ways. And I thought we did see the bad side of that with his dad character. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people, on the other hand, have a problem with what we saw with Ben Affleck's character and how – but I mean, even his character was obviously affected by it and him being affected by it helped motivate what was going to happen to our, our main character later on in the movie. So I, I found the criticisms a little bit unfounded. Do you want to, um, do, you, do, you, do you want a fucking, uh, adaptation of this guy's memoirs or do you want a fucking PSA? What the fuck do you want here? Yeah. 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 I thought that was very silly. I, I thought this was a very beautiful movie. A, uh, a very charming coming of age story. Uh, you guys said a lot of what I feel. Um, I'll add that I thought the music selection in this movie was just top notch, like chef's kiss. Uh, almost every song that came on was just like, Oh my God, I fucking love this song. Like I, I hope they have a Spotify playlist for this movie. I, I would definitely listen to that. Um, I thought the child actor that played the young JR was just amazing. Um, we've, we've not seen the greatest child actors in a lot of the stuff we've watched in the last three, four months for this podcast. And I, I thought this was one of the best performances. I thought, um, is it Lily Rabe that? No, Lily, Ra- Lily Rabe. She's, she's in a bunch of, uh, American horror she's story in like seasons. Every season, maybe of American horror story. Yeah. I may be wrong about that, but uh, a lot of them, the majority of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was fantastic in this as the mother. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is always. I thought the scene where he was the uh, went to the father dinner at yes. school was just a, was such a fucking yeah. great scene. Great. There were just so many great slice of life scenes in this movie. I, I even got really welled up at the end credits, just seeing all the actors and characters getting into the car and going fishing. I thought it was just such a a really fun way to close the movie. I, yeah, I thought this movie was fucking great. I, yeah. I will probably watch this again in the next three, four months. Oh, so good. I yeah. I, they were playing it at the theater here, and I was like, ah, I won't go. I'll just I'll just watch it here at home. And man, I wish I would have seen it in the theater. It was really fantastic. Uh, the Tender Bar on Amazon Prime. It, I mean, if you have Amazon, this is. I think this is a must watch, man. I think this is this is really good. George Clooney fantastic job directing oh my god so good yeah yeah i love usually almost any movie clooney directs i mean there's a couple stinkers but for the most part i I think his directing is usually very well done i just bought uh confessions of a dangerous mind it is on sale for five bucks on all the different streaming platforms so oh if you haven't seen that that is that is a that is a great 
fucking that, that's uh sam rockwell yeah playing chuck barris chuck the barris at the gong show yeah and his uh i mean his uh secret life as a cia agent which i mean has that has that been debunked yet jake I, I believe it has. I believe it has. I mean, it's the kind of lies that you really like. The people that need to debunk it kind of can't debunk it. Yeah. So it's why the lies are able to be spread. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most people believe that it's not real. Yeah. It's such a great fucking movie, though. I love that movie. Yeah. This movie was great, though. There was just so many, so many funny scenes. I, I loved the dinner scene with him and Sydney and Sydney's parents. I thought it was another just standout yes. scene of the movie. Oh, man. This movie was so much fun. I, the time just flew by watching this. I, this could have been a, a four hour long movie and I would have just ate up every second of it. I wanted more. I kept thinking of like, I kept thinking to myself, like, why is, like, just getting into Yale is, like, a huge accomplishment. Why is this guy not good enough for your daughter? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he got into Yale. Oh, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Great fucking movie, though. Yeah. The Tender Bar. Watch it, everybody. Let's talk about Peacemaker on HBO Max. Stephanie, did you watch The Suicide Squad? I did. And what were your thoughts on The Suicide Squad? I enjoyed it. It's not a movie that I needed to watch multiple times. Like some, yeah, some films, you know, you just, I can't wait to watch it again and again. This wasn't one of those, but I certainly was entertained. Um, yeah, that was, it was a good movie in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Peacemaker, the series on HBO Max, it's set after the film. The series explores the origins of Peacemaker, who believes in achieving peace at any cost. James Gunn wrote all eight episodes of the series while completing work on the Suicide Squad during the COVID-19 pandemic before HBO Max officially ordered Peacemakers straight to series in September of 2020. John Cena stars as the character Peacemaker reprising his role from the Suicide Squad with Daniel Brooks, Freddie Stroma, uh, Chuck Woody Iwuji, Jennifer Holland, Steve Agee, and Robert Patrick also starring. And um, for me, it took me a minute to get out, to get it out of my head, to get into my head that, that this is not the Suicide Squad movie and, and realize that this is, it's the same character, but in a completely different setting. Like this is not like, you know, what happened at, at, in Cordo Matisse. This is, this is this character, but in a completely different setting. And once I got past that, and I really just kind of like took this series as like the next, you know, story for Peacemaker. You know, it's set five months after everything that happened in the Suicide Squad. And he's now getting out of the hospital from his injuries that he sustained. And my God, I, I, I'm, ha this, this series is a blast. Like I'm, I'm. I think the first episode, I, it was a lot of, for me, the first episode just felt like I was like getting my bearings and like this, it was just, it's very James Gunn, but it's very different from like the Suicide Squad and what we encountered with this character in that movie. And so I was just trying to like figure out like, what are we doing here? Like, what is, what is the mission? Where are we going with this? I mean, some of these characters are familiar. We're being introduced to new characters. So I don't think that this, the, the, the series really like hit its stride for me until like once we get into the second and third episodes. But overall, I'm loving it and I'm going to Tupperware it so far because I'm having a lot of fun with it. 
Um, the comedy is just on point and, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to hear from you guys and, uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Stephanie on, on Peacemaker? I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, and I've only seen the first episode. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I think the humor is really hitting for me. Like you said, it's on point. I couldn't agree more. I really think this is the role that I needed to see John Cena in for me to like finally become a fan of what he does. I don't, um, I think he's fine as an actor. He's never really blown me away. Um, I did some research just on John Cena after watching that first episode and found out he had been, he had gone for the role of Cable and a couple of other superhero roles that he had been passed over for. And I'm almost kind of glad um, because I think this is this is actually a perfect this is a perfect role for him to be in. I thought the humor was great. Um, I thought the the supporting characters were great. Um, I'm excited to see the relationships between the um, peacemaker and them evolve. Um, I think it's great. I think he's a perfect fit, and I'm excited to watch more of it. I don't know how it was for you or Jake, but like there was still that moment for me when this series started that I'm like really mad at him still for killing Rick Flag. Like, maybe that means nothing to you guys, but I love Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> and I love Joel Kinnaman in that role. I thought he was, like, one of the best parts of the first movie. Um, and there's not a lot in that first movie, but I thought he was great in the role of Rick Flagg. And I thought I love seeing him <laughs> return as Rick Flagg for the sequel. And I'm still kind of mad at Peacemaker you know, going into this for killing Rick Flag, and then that just kind of, kind of those feelings just kind of went away as the series kept going, and I kept fucking, <laughs> I'm like, I'm laughing and I'm enjoying this show. Um, uh, what would you rate this one, Stephanie? Since I'm only one episode in, I'm going to give it a high taste. It okay, okay. Um, Jake, thoughts on Peacemaker? Yeah, I watched all three episodes. Uh, I watched all three episodes just back to back the day this was released. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big James Gunn fan. I was excited. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Brian. Um, it was hard to feel sympathy for Peacemaker when this show first started. It was a very kind of 180 and on how you were supposed to feel. I think I can pinpoint the moment where I felt sympathy for the character and stopped blaming him for Rick Flagg. It was the uh, first scene where we meet Robert Patrick as his father. I think that really did a, a good job at informing the audience kind of why this character has gone down the road he's gone down. And I did start to feel a lot of sympathy for this character after meeting his father and seeing the interactions between those two characters. Um, but yeah, this is an absolute Tupperware for me. So much fun. Um, the opening title sequence is absolutely amazing. Um, I love his sidekick, Eagly, maybe one of the greatest uh, animal sidekicks of all time in, in Eagly there. Um, yeah, the supporting cast is so great. Um, is it Vindicator? Who's his like? Uh, no, it's uh, Vigilante. Vigilante. Uh, that character is just absolutely hilarious. Um, I think once he's more properly introduced in the second episode, the show really uh, starts firing on all cylinders. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I love the twists and turns. I, I love the the stuff that some characters know and other characters don't. And uh, you, the audience, gets let in on that kind of stuff. So it's fun to see the character interactions there and what's going to happen in the future. Um, I love the stuff they've done with uh, 
uh, Steve Adji, who you know the John character from the from the movie. I thought the stuff with him has been really great. I thought he really shined in the third episode. Um, I can't wait to see this. I think they kind of spoiled us, given given us uh, three episodes on day one. It's going to be hard to only watch one episode of this next week. Uh, it's not going to seem like a lot. I, I absolutely love this series. It's a honestly a front runner for best series of 2022 already. Yeah, I, I would agree. We are. We are a good uh, two weeks into 2022, Jake, and I would <laughs> I would happen to agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm loving it too. I the what was it the third episode when they're when they're doing a when they're doing like a, a briefing of like the like what they're gonna be like their mission and shit and and we've got the the girl who she's sliding on her on her iPad the photos and she slides over a picture of her of her vagina was it her girlfriend's vagina I think it was her girlfriend's vagina yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit like that that is just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's so fucking I know, funny. they had to explain to her how notifications work and how you can <laughs> shut off individual app notifications. I, it's hilarious. I fucking loved it, man. I fucking loved it. I was dying at that part. Um, Jake, I haven't, like, done much like looking into like rumors and theories and stuff like that for this show um do you have any like theories on like that mini spaceship that we're introduced to no i don't i i'm not really sure if that'll be connected to like a a real famous dc character or or what i mean knowing james gunn he knows his history oh yeah it'll probably be a very lesser known D list type of DC character. Yeah. It's not going to be like some massive reveal of some character you've been waiting your whole life to see or or maybe you have been waiting your whole life to see this character. If you're also a fan of like the D list F list DC characters. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure who, who's going to be involved there. Yeah. I don't know. I got a very, like when, when we're getting introduced to characters like judo master, in the the third episode, I, I I started getting like a very like kick ass kind of like feel to this. I can see it, even yeah. even the costuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the costuming reminds me of Kick Ass and like Super, his movie too. So mm, 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 the, that's a great point. The Berenstein Bears conversation, I was just I was dying at that too. Like the Mandela effect of the Berenstein 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 Bears. I thought that that was funny wow. too. Uh, I love it when Peacemaker calls Steve Agee's character Die Beard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I thought the fight sequence between him and the uh the woman he takes home was was a lot of fucking fun. I think this show has the right James Gunn amount of uh violence and gore. It's not completely over the top, but it definitely ha- has its moments where the, yeah. it's got heightened violence and heightened gore to kind of amp the effects. Um yeah, and this show was just all around great. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn gets to pick all his favorite uh, hair rock metal bands to uh, sprinkle throughout the show. I think the soundtrack's been pretty hilarious. I was not. I was kind of like taken aback when um, we find out that the one character is the daughter of Amanda Waller. 
Yeah, that that yeah. was very much a surprise. And that was kind of the thing I was talking about where it's now it's really interesting to see the interactions between the characters and knowing the Amanda Waller of it all and how other people feel about that character compared to how, you know, a relative would feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Tupperware for me. I I'm loving this series. I can't wait for the fourth episode. How many episodes are we getting? Are we getting, I believe eight, eight. Yeah. And is it a one-off? Uh, it made me feel like it's not. Well, like, just... hold on. Let me, I've got some information on that. Uh, I read an article from dark horizons. Uh, this was uh, discussed in a in an interview that Gunn had with THR, and, and it says the filmmaker currently still early into the shooting of the third Guardians recently confirmed to THR he wants to do a second season of the series, but sometime after a break. So I mean, honestly, I feel like I feel like Warner Brothers DC is if if. If he fucking wrote this during, you know, COVID and he's saying he wants to do a second season, if John Cena's down for a second season, I, I think we're I, I'm pretty much calling it, yeah, we're gonna get a second season of this. Yeah, there's plenty of story there. I mean, at one point when they reveal the map and they show the amount of these butterflies that are all over the world, I mean, it seems improbable that they're going to be able to deal with that in five more episodes. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Um, okay. Oh yeah. I also, the, uh, dark horizons had an article saying filmmaker James Gunn has revealed that he's involved in another DC TV project after HBO Max's upcoming peacemaker series. Speaking with collider to promote peacemaker, the director didn't reveal if the upcoming project is another spinoff of the Suicide Squad, he does say more details about the project will be forthcoming very soon, and it's definitely for TV. He also confirms to Screen Rant that all of the scenes involving Vigilante... Oh, listen to this. All the scenes invo- involving Vigilante across the first five and a half episodes of Peacemaker had to be reshot. Actor Freddie Stroma took over the role midway through production after the originally cast Chris Conrad exited due to creative differences. Gunn confirmed he personally reshot all Conrad's scenes with Stroma for those five and a half episodes. I never would have known that. No, no. I thought Stroma was a standout too. Oh, I yeah. thought his comedic timing was very funny. Um, I was surprised to Google the actor and find out that he was a uh, Cormac from the Harry Potter movies. I c- who is Cormac from there? He's I, like the, I believe he's the Irish kid. He's also a Gryffindor. He's in all eight movies, but he I, only usually gets like one or two speaking lines per movie. I love Harry Potter and I love, I, you know, I love the books. I love the movies, but I have no fucking clue who Cormac is. Wasn't he the one into Hermione and the Half-Blood Prince? Was that him? Uh, it's been so long since I've seen Half-Blood Prince. I, I'm not a hundred percent. Um, yeah, Cormac McLaggen. Cormac McLaggen. <laughs> that is a strong name right there. You don't forget the day you meet Cormac McLaggen. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you d- I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. You may, you may forget the day you saw him say his one line in a Harry Potter movie. You don't forget the name. No, you personally meet Cormac McLaggen. You're not forgetting it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I believe in the first movie, he's the kid who talks about how one of his parents didn't know that the other parent was a wizard and how big of a shock it was for them to find out. Classic McLaggen. Classic yeah. Cormac McLaggen. <laughs> now that rings a bell, Jake. I still have no clue who fucking Cormac McLaggen is. Oh, check this out. Um, this, I don't know if you saw this tweet from, um, uh, leaker, my time to shine hello, but, uh, she posted on Twitter, Peacemaker episode eight, farting contest, x-ray, the Justice League. Just kind of a tease. Wow. Yeah. So apparently in episode eight, we're going to see a farting contest, x-ray, and the Justice League. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, fucking Tupperware uh, Peacemaker. I loved it. Fantastic. Can't wait for the next fucking episode. Dro they drop on Thursdays. They're all going to drop on Thursdays. Um, oh, God. Let's talk about this next movie. The Humans on Showtime. Eric Blake gathers three generations of his Pennsylvania family to celebrate Thanksgiving at his daughter's apartment in lower Manhattan. As darkness falls and eerie and eerie things go bump in the night, the group's deepest fears are laid bare. It's directed by Stephen Karam. It's adapted from a play called The Humans. We've got a cast here. Fantastic cast, in my opinion. Richard Jenkins, Jane Howdy Shell, Amy Schumer, Beanie Feldstein, uh, Stephen Yun, and June Squibb. And, um, I'll just say this, uh, oh my God, this, I don't know, man, it, great cast, but, and I usually like stuff that's just, it just, it, you know, I was, I don't know, I'm just kind of bored. I don't know. Yeah, dude, I hated this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I was just kind of, I was just kind of bored by this and never really connected with anybody and and it was super fucking depressing and um yeah yeah i don't know it just was not and i love i love this cast you know i'm a big fan of steven young um you know beanie feldstein's great richard jenkins is fantastic june squibb she's amazing and they just and and in this movie they they barely use her and She's always like, can't they keep their tabs on this old woman in a wheelchair? Yeah. She's always like, no, no. The answer is no. They cannot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it, there's like the, there's like where's Waldo, and then there's like where's Momo? Like she plays, she Momo. plays, <laughs> she, oh, she she plays, she plays the grandmother Momo, and like every time they she's she's got early she's got stages she's going through dementia and 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 she just she gets confused and and but she's always like walking away and leaving them and they're always finding her in another room and uh it's like oh my god keep keep tabs on her or something like handcuff her to the fucking uh wheelchair or something jesus christ i don't know I don't have a lot to say about this movie. I just felt like it was just a, a couple hours of my life that I want back. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about this movie. I, I have no faith in critics right now. I mean, this is a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Tinder Bar is a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I felt the same way. This was a giant toss-it for me. Uh, it was extremely boring for like an hour and a half. And then it was like it seemed like something was going to happen. Like we were going to have some like big climax happen. And I was like, okay, okay. Maybe all the buildup was worth it. 
No, not really. The climax was, I don't know, just as boring as everything else. It was like, I don't even care if I spoil this movie. It was like just a minor anxiety attack at the end of the movie. And then that's that. Roll the credits. And I was just like, hmm, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, this movie made me feel stupid, too. It made me feel like it's like so pretentious, like maybe I'm just not smart enough to be as entertained as I should be entertained. But I don't know. I just thought this movie was meandering. I didn't really see what the ultimate point of it was. There's really no winners or losers. Um, I've seen it compared to Hereditary a lot, which I've never seen. And honestly, if that's a true comparison, I, I probably don't ever want to watch Hereditary. Hereditary. Uh, the only comparison between this and Hereditary is that they're both A24 films. Okay. Okay. I thought – I, I kind of saw Hereditary without the gore was what a lot of critics were saying about this movie. And okay. I was uh, – Right. I was surprised it was getting those comparisons because I've heard great things about that. But I mean, obviously, people are loving this movie. Um, I, yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. don't get it. This movie was over my head, and if it wasn't over my head, it just wasn't a good movie. Yeah, yeah, Stephanie, the humans. I mean, I echo everything. I was. I, it took me four days to watch it just because I would watch it. <laughs> Get so bored and be like, I don't have, like. I I could. I'd rather be doing something else. Oh like, my god, back. that is like my experience with this too. Like it took me. I watched it all in. Um, I watched it in two days. But my god, the first night I started watching it, Stephanie, it made me so fucking tired that I just said fuck it and I went to bed. And it was probably like it was probably like seven. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was just. I thought there was going to be like a supernatural edge to it because yeah. it gives you that impression. It like does. It'll like zone in on like a floor or like a leaky pipe. And or the, like, the person outside, Richard Jenkins is like looking outside and there's like somebody like hanging out in like the alleyway. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what's going on there? Yeah. They, they, and, and I felt like a lot like what Jake said, like, am I just not getting what they're, I'm not picking up what they're putting down and now I feel dumb. I think the movie just, I don't know if it thought it was being deep. It's not. I think the, ever, like the cast was stellar and I think the acting was well, but yeah. there was nothing. Is this, I mean, is this, is this just better as a stage play? Is like, is that where this comes from? Is like, is the stage play that is, it, that it's based on? Is that what it's, is that worth watching? Watching, I, I, I cause I don't get it. I don't get Yeah, I feel like as a stage play, I'd be a little bit more forgiving about the style. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I still wouldn't really care for it that much. Yeah. Um, and I agree with Stephanie. There was all these like fucking teases where it was like, okay, we're going to film from the corner. We're going to do these really far away shots. We're going to zoom in on these leaky pipes. We're going to show outside these windows. We're like all this stuff that made like it kept teasing me into thinking, just hold on, Jake. Just hold on, Jake. Obviously, this movie has a plan. Obviously, mm. it's a big buildup to something because all the signs were there for that. But then it was just like, no, nothing. Did you think like like there's this moment where, you know, uh, Richard Jenkins' character is having this panic attack in a hallway? And did you think – for a moment there, like there was going to be like this moment where something supernatural or extraterrestrial was going to happen at the end of this movie. I thought we were going to see the exact thing he described in his dream confront him at the end. Okay. Was where I, that's I where my was, head was. Yeah. 
yeah, sorry. I thought he, I thought something was going to come out and grab him and take him away. He was just going to go missing or something. I don't know what I thought. I thought it was there was going to be like a, like a aha moment. Yeah, of like the supernatural being. Yeah, yeah, and then nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's on Showtime if you want to watch it. It's called The Humans, and uh, yeah, we I, yeah. we all toss it. So biggest wet fart of a movie I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah great cast, but just did not uh, did not deliver for me. Um, no. This next one, uh, I'm hoping, Stephanie, I hope you saw this one. The Rescue on Disney Plus. I did. This actually was, it was theatrically ran, uh, a couple months ago, and I really, I saw the trailer for it before I saw a, a, a movie. I can't remember what movie I was at, but they showed the trailer for this one. I was just like, holy shit, I can't wait to watch this when it comes out. They were not playing it anywhere near me. I would have had to driven to St. Louis to watch this one, and I was not about to take that trip. So, um, they released it on Disney Plus this week. Uh, the rescue chronicles the enthralling against all odds story that transfixed the world in 2018. It's based on real, it's based on a real event here. The daring rescue of 12 boys and their coach from deep inside a flooded cave in northern Thailand. Academy Award winning directors and producers E. Chai Vazir Hellery and Jimmy Chin. Jimmy Chin, who did, uh, the movie Free Solo, the Alex Hanold, uh, climbing movie on El Cap, fantastic film, uh, keep viewers on the edge of their seats as they use a wealth of never before seen material and exclusive interviews to piece together the high stakes mission, highlighting the efforts of the Royal Thai Navy SEALs and the U.S. Air Force Special Tactics and details the expert cave divers audacious venture to dive the boys to safety. The rescue brings alive one of the most perilous and extraordinary extraordinary rescues in modern times, shining a light on the high-risk world of cave diving, the astounding courage and compassion of the rescuers, and the shared humanity of the international community that united to save the boys. Um, Stephanie, did you hear about this story before this movie? Okay, I sound like such a shit human being. I had no idea this even happened. I had no idea this even happened either. What the fuck are we doing with our lives, Stephanie? <laughs> this is huge, right? This is a huge... They were, it was covered all over the world. People yes. were flying in from all corners of the globe, and I was like, oh, I had no idea this took place. No. Oh, yeah, this happened three years ago, and I had no clue. I'm just... <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just hosting PCL every week doing dick and fart jokes with Jake. You know, it's like, and we've got boys trapped in a fucking cave. I'm just, I'm just finding out about it now. Are these boys okay? Oh my God. Jake, this is something. Uh, Jake, you gotta watch this. I don't know. Stephanie, I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Stephanie? Total Tupperware. I was, on the edge of my seat because where you th- it, you think it's dangerous and like what they're doing to try to rescue these boys is dangerous but then when they locate them that's when it really like right. takes a turn and since i didn't know what had happened i was at the edge of my seat wondering what was going to happen it yeah. was so good the risk involved was bananas yeah yeah i mean jake there, there's a cave you've got this these these it's it's these boys they're on a soccer team and they were, you know, with, with their coach and they were in this cave and they're exploring. And then the rain, they, the, the cave floods during certain parts of the year. Well, it started to flood. I think they said, I can't remember, but it felt like it was like months early where it started to flood. And by the time it's the rain came in and started to flood, 
this particular uh, cave, like they were trapped in there. And there's, I mean, you can't swim out. You just can't swim out. You'll, you'll die. You'll, and so, I mean, these boys are just, they're just trapped in there with their coach. And I mean, how long is, is this a reenactment? No, no. Wow. It's all real footage. Like it's all real footage. Like you're watching, like you're watching interviews from like these cave divers that that do this for you know for for fun like this is like this is like what they do for fun they 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 explore these caves and like this is like a not many people do this because it's dark um a lot of them do it alone and it's very dangerous and they even brought in the Royal Thai Navy SEALs to try to find these boys and they couldn't, they couldn't do it. And so they sought out these, these expert cave divers and, you know, you're, you're watching this and, and they, they, they get to the point where they actually pop up out of the fucking water, Jake, and you see these boys that have been in this cave for like, 10, 10 to 14 days by the time they fucking see them. And like, they're emaciated. Like they haven't eaten this entire time. Like, and you gotta think to yourself, like, they're gonna run out of oxygen. You gotta think to yourself, like, they're drinking the water there. They're shitting and pissing somewhere. This is like not healthy. Like they're going to die. But you can't. They have now figured out that they can't swim these boys out because when they went in there in a different part of the cave, they found some guys that were actually working down there and they, they, they swam them out and these guys were like struggling and freaking out because it is, it's, it's dark and, and it's, it's, it's like, uh, like, wouldn't you say like you get like this kind of like claustrophobic, feeling yeah and they would panic yes try to like rush to the surface they would lose their air mass they would hit use up they would hit their head on the ceiling of the of the cave and yeah it was just a bad experience they knew that they couldn't swim these boys out because they would freak out just like the adults did yeah it was was so good it was so it was so good i mean did you i cried i cried at certain moments I did. Yeah. I definitely teared up and got emotional. I also got emotional, like at just the sheer, because without giving anything away, like they bring in like the Thai Navy SEALs and the U S military is involved. You got all these, like this operation, but none of them are trained in the way that they finally decide to rescue the boys. What the method they choose to use. Nobody's really trained in this cave diving. So they have to rely on these civilians who do it for like le- not leisure but that's like that's what they do yeah, it's like it's like, like, yeah it's a, it's a like hobby. their hobby yeah it's like a yeah. hobby to them yeah. so and relying on them and so the pressure's on them there's like concern that if it doesn't go well like they may be put in like a Thai jail like it, yes. it was so good i was shocked at how good it was that that like so rubbed me kind of the wrong way that like these guys are trying to do their best but they're also like if this does go wrong and like, if, you know, if these boys die, like, 
they could be arrested and end up in a Thai jail. I'm just like, oh exactly. my god, this oh my is god. fucking crazy. Despite the fact, yeah, you don't have an idea, but you're going to use mine, and if mine goes wrong, well then come up with your own idea. If you were okay, I'm getting upset, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you. I was upset at that. I was super upset at that. Like these guys are fucking risking their lives to fucking do this, and like they're the ones that would end up in jail. Like if something goes wrong, like okay, um, I. I cried when they first saw the boys. Like, it was just, it was, it, it's real footage, Jake. It's like they pop up out of the water and you see all these boys just kind of like huddled up together. They haven't eaten in, you know, over 10 days now. And, and then I will say this, there is a volunteer that dies trying to save them. And I fucking, I teared up and cried during that moment too. Like, you know, um, they had interviews with his wife and, and I just, it's, it's very emotional. This is a very emotional documentary and, um, yeah, Jimmy Chen, um, knocked it out of the park with this one. I loved Free Solo and The Rescue is, uh, I'm glad I finally got a chance to watch this one. Um, high, the highest of Tupperwares. This is, this is phenomenal. Jake, you gotta watch this. You have to watch yeah, this. Yeah, I'll check it out. I, Disney Plus has some of the best, uh, 4K resolution, so I'm sure this is gonna look amazing. Well, this is, this is part of like their Nat Geo programming too. Um, yeah. De- please, please do yourself a favor. If you have a Disney Plus subscription, I'm talking to Jake and the listeners, watch The Rescue on Disney Plus. Um, heavy fucking shit, but my God, it's definitely worth watching. Um, yeah. And they, they show you like, uh, like these CGI kind of like maps of like where these boys are located and, um, they do their best to kind of like show you how disorienting it is that what these swimmers are going through, these divers are going through. It takes a special person to be able to do what they do. And even like the Thai Navy SEALs like couldn't get the job done. It's just these, these guys that do it as this hobby. It's so bizarre that these people exist and and do this. It is wild. And the, and the, like the 3d imaging that they do of the cave, this cave is no joke. No joke. It's like, in totality, like a thousand miles of like windy, like snakishness. And it is, yeah. They talk about how like they try to like lower the levels of like a, a monsoon is coming through and it's just filling up the cave and they're trying to low, like they're trying to combat mother nature and they're trying to redirect the water and they're trying to like put these like gigantic like, um, uh, tubes down there to kind of like, um, direct the water out of the cave and they said after like hours and hours and hours like a day of doing this like the 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 water level only like went down a centimeter like you Jeez. you can't beat mother nature and they were worried about another storm coming in and if another storm came in like you know it just means it just means like it gives these boys less of a chance to survive this and like how do you how do you get the boys out of this cave when they're worried about them being disoriented and freaking out and how do you get them out of this like you have to watch this it is it's pretty fucking incredible it is yeah um the house 
on Netflix, this, uh, this, this dropped a couple days ago. No, yesterday. Um, across different eras, a poor family, an anxious developer, and a fed up landlady become tied to the same mysterious house in this animated dark comedy. It's a stop motion animated anthology featuring the voices of Mia Goth, Jarvis Cocker, Susan Wacoma, and Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, and it's, and we got Jake. It's three different directors on each story in the antho- in, in the anthology. I found out. So three, yeah, I read that as well. Um, but stop motion uh, animation, kind of a kind of a not a lost art. We're seeing a little bit more of it, you know, with Leica Studios and and uh, I remember watching a, an indie stop motion animation movie in, in at the art theater a few years ago called uh, uh, Anomalisa. That I reviewed a few years ago, but you don't see a lot of stop motion animation these days. But um, Jake, what did you think about the house? It's kind of a, a kind of a horror stop motion animation movie. What did you think about the house? I'm going to give it a low taste. It. I didn't really enjoy it that much. Honestly, the only thing keeping it from being a toss it was I did appreciate the animation. I thought it was very well done. Um, the stuff I didn't like was I just didn't really care for the storytelling. Honestly, between all three shorts, I, I really didn't enjoy any of them from a storytelling perspective. Uh, maybe the second one was my favorite. Um, there was a very interesting music number with cockroaches in that one. That was that was pretty bizarre. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I thought this was 30 minutes too long and, and, and mostly boring. Um I just, in some ways, it was much like the humans where none of the stories actually ever seemed to go anywhere. Um, maybe the third one was the only one that actually had a little bit of resolution at the end of the story. But, uh, yeah, I mostly didn't care for this. Um, as long as it takes to do stop animation, oh man, maybe get some better scripts when you're going to commit that much time. But I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on an island on this one. I, I, what do you guys think of it? I'll just say I felt like it really relied on just like the spectacle of the stop motion animation because the stories themselves weren't that inventive in my opinion. No. You know, like the first story you've got, you know, a family who, uh, you know, the, the father comes from, from wealth, but he hasn't kind of like lived up to the family name and they're given this opportunity to like live in this, you know, amazing house and, and be taken care of. And, um, then the house starts to change the parents and, and, um, you know, there's, there's some more sinister things going on here. And I just thought kind of like the big reveal at the end of that one. First off, I didn't know it was an anthology. So I was thinking 30 minutes in, I was like, how the fuck is this going to go on for another goddamn hour? (laughs) (laughs) And so thank goodness there was three individual stories kind of like breaking this up. But um, I just wasn't blown away by like the outcome of that one. I just thought like the, the, the ending reveal was just kind of like, okay. Um, the second story just was super fucking depressing. I hated every character that was being introduced and like you had, it was the next story. It was like, instead of human characters, you had like a, a mouse character and he's trying to sell this, this, this house. And, 
and these guests show up and just continue to fucking wreck it. And I, I just, I hated, I hated, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I got very kind of like, um, anxious and, and hating everybody fucking him over. And then in the third story, I hated the cosmos character. Oh, I hated him so much. Mm. The, but, um, yeah, I'm also going to give it a low taste that I just wasn't, I just thought like it relied too much on the stop motion animation as to where like the actual stories themselves individually, like it wasn't, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't, it, I didn't feel like I was watching like something that was like, so like the reveals, like in a black mirror episode, you're just like, holy shit, that blew my mind. Like none, none of this blew my mind. It was just like, okay, I appreciate the art going on here with the stop motion. And that's about it. So Stephanie, uh, what did you think about the house? <laughs> I'm going to give it a taste it. Um, I loved the stop motion animation. I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it looked great. I was put off by the first story. Their eyes were really close together, and it was trippy at first. Oh, I hated that, too. Oh, my yeah. God. I hated that, too. <laughs> I We talked about this on the Tuppies last week, Jake. Any Anytime anybody has eyes close together, it makes my head hurt. <laughs> it makes my eyes hurt. I don't like they it. They were very close together. Yeah, they were. Sorry. Jesus. Um, but yeah, other than, like, that creep factor... Um, I agree. The stories weren't all that inventive. I didn't feel necessarily drawn to any of the characters outside of like the the little girl from like the the older of the two younger girls from like the first one. There was something about her that seemed a bit endearing. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the I agree. Um, it, it was just okay. I yeah, it was just okay. It's not going to blow your mind. You're not going to need to watch it again. I would think for most people. Um, but if you're, if you're into watching something maybe like a little different on Netflix, I would recommend it, but I wouldn't recommend it because it's great. I thought I'd give it a Tupperware. As I'm talking about it, I realize I probably wouldn't, but I'm going to stick to what I said. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It's stop motion animation. If you're a parent and you have a kid, don't let them watch this. This is not for kids. I wouldn't think yeah, it's for kids. No, no. I, I don't know. I was thinking about that aspect of it. I was like, would I have enjoyed this more? If I saw it when I was eight, would it, would it have been like a forbidden fruit type of thing where it's animation, but it's got these adult themes? I don't know. Maybe it would have a different impact on me if I saw it at a, young, at a younger age. But I think maybe like if I was like 11 or 12, you know, like I was starting to get into like, you know, tales from the dark side and shit like that. Maybe it would have been mind blowing. Cause like, yeah, I, just, I, I think about like heavy metal. Like I, yeah. I think if you watch that for the first time at our age, it probably does nothing for you. Right. But when I saw it when I was like 11, it, it blew me away. Like maybe I would have appreciated this more at a younger age. That's true. Like I fucking, you know, I've tried to go back and like watch old episodes of like, monsters if you remember that show oh yeah oh yeah and i loved that when i was like you know fucking 11 12 years old but like watching it as an adult it's just like uh, i can't get into it man i fucking love tales from the dark side um even you know tales from the crypt um monsters I'm trying to think there's a there was a bunch of them that were coming out when we were kids and i loved them but you know it, they don't hold up for me in my you know as a, as an as an adult but, uh, I also thought the connective tissue between the three stories was very weak. Yeah. It's like they all involve a house, the end. Like I, other than that, 
maybe I'm just not smart enough to pick up on what the overall theme. I don't think so. these three stories. I don't together think so, already. dude. It's a fucking family of humans, a rat, and then fucking cats at the end. Yeah. How the yeah. fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I also had no idea that this was going to be an anthology until it became an anthology. Yeah. Um, it was very jarring to all of a sudden be dealing with uh, rat characters. Yeah. 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 Let's... Nothing rats hate more than being infested by cockroaches. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie, I'm hoping that you, I believe you watched this. Jake, this is something you didn't get a chance to see, but Archive 81 dropped. Oh, I did. You, you didn't? I did. I did. You did. Okay. How many episodes? I watched three. I watched one because I was running out of time, but okay. I, the, I can't wait to talk about it. Just one. Sorry. I'm going to shut up. No, <laughs> no. An archivist takes a job restoring damaged videotapes. And gets pulled into a mystery involving the missing director and a demonic cult. It's based on a horror podcast. It's executive produced by James Wan. And it stars Mamadou Athi and Dina, Shahi, uh, uh, Dina Shahabi in leading roles. And, um, I, uh, for, I'm, shit, fuck it. I'm, I fucking, I'm in love. With this series, it's I'm three episodes in. It's eight episodes, and um, the lead actor, uh, Mabadou Athi, was in. Oh fuck, he was in another Netflix show that we reviewed. Um, it, I let me. Oh god, I'm gonna look this up. Um, he played a sommelier. Archive. I'm looking at. Yeah, deal with it. I'm looking it up. Oh, I know. I know. When are you going to get back to the review, Brian? Should you should have wrote this down in your notes. Um, he starred in another Netflix thing that I loved. It was called Shit. I can't fucking find the name. Uncorked. Yeah, and it came out in 2020. Um, that's another Netflix movie. Uh, it was a Netflix movie that, uh, this actor was in, uh, called in court and he was fantastic in that. And, um, I, oh my God, uh, Stephanie, I'm three episodes in and, uh, it just gets better and better with every fucking episode that comes out. And, um, Three episodes in, I can't wait to get through all eight. I hope that it sticks the fucking landing because like, this is this is fantastic. It's he he's a young young guy and he's restoring these um, these videotapes that were involved in a fire. And as he is as he takes on this job of restoring these tapes, he's watching them and it's con and these tapes are connected to him. Uh, minor spoilers for the first episode, but his father shows up in one of these videotapes at the very end. And so not only is this kind of like it's taking place like in modern day, but also you'll get flashbacks to the year 1994 from when these videotapes were taken. And you've got him as the main character kind of like trying to like figure out like what's this mystery between between uh, that's happened at this at this um at this building called the Visser where 
a lot of people were living. There was a fire that happened there, and there's like a demonic cult that that that's involved in um, uh, the tenants that were living at this building, and his father's involved somehow. And then, so it's it's jumping back between two different time periods, and. You're just waiting for him to like restore the next tape, restore the next tape and, 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 and dive deeper into this fucking story. But, uh, oh my God, it is, it is laying out a great mystery here and I can't wait to see where it ends. Um, Stephanie, uh, archive 81, what are your thoughts? Total Tupperware. Even just on the first episode alone. I mean, as soon as we're done recording, I'm, I can't wait to watch more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's excellent. The ending of that first episode, like you said, where he sees his father in the um in one of the tapes he's restoring, yeah. and like the look on his face, like it looks culty. You're not sure what's going on. It is been all I want to know more is like what happened in that thought. Like there's like a like what happened in the the there's a major incident in his life back in the, in '94 um, that kind of shapes him, and what's going on with the person who asked him to do this special project. This is done so well. There's there's moments in it where you're like, why are you doing that? It's not safe. Can't you see? But then like you could see where he's coming from as he wants to learn more information. He's really um, he seems to be really good at what he does at restoring these tapes. And so that by nature will give him access to information and archival things that people don't see. And so there may be like that curiosity within him that keeps him um, that keep that that made him say yes to this special task. Um, it, it is excellent. Yeah, it's so good for. I my I have one beef, not with this episode, but with Netflix. When I think you know, sometimes on Netflix, like if you pause on on the featured thing, it'll give you like a idea of what it is, like a little snippet. Yeah, I would not yeah. have gathered how good this would be or what this was about based on the Netflix snippet had I not needed to watch it for today. And so I feel like Netflix needs to pick another another clip to show because it did not do it any justice. Is that? Oh, are you talking about like when you're on the main screen for the? Yeah, for the show itself. You know, you can turn that off to where it won't start playing. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I went into my because I actually I actually hate when it starts playing like a trailer and scenes and shit like that because you know sometimes I just I don't want to hear fucking all this shit going on in the background. So you can actually you have you can't do it from um, the actual Netflix um, app on your on your when you're watching it through your Roku or whatever um you have to actually go into the settings on your PC and you can turn that off. Yeah, you can do it on your phone as well as long as you just go to the Netflix through your browser instead of through the app. Yeah, cuz I I turned that shit off a long time ago. Fucking annoys the shit out of me. Yeah, it's the worst. Jake, this is fucking fantastic. It Archive 81 is amazing. It is really good. There's like he's in this remote facility restoring these tapes and um I uh I I want to get into this more, but I don't want to spoil it for our listeners. I just want everybody to know that this is an absolute Tupperware. This Archive 81, you should be watching this. You should be watching this. This is this is fantastic. Um, it'll it'll have you on the edge of your seat sometimes. And there's some moments that are actually really fucking spooky that happen like in the second and third episodes. That the third episode, I was just like, I, I'm 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 so hooked on this stuff. I mean, this is the highest of Tupperwares. I I'm just hoping it sticks the fucking landing. And for the 
and the fact that it's based on a horror podcast that had me worried when I read that because I was like, because mm-hmm. like you know, adapting stuff from a podcast. Like we've watched some um, stuff that was based on a podcast in the past, and it just hasn't really hit for me. This is hitting. This is hitting on every fucking level. It's really, really, really good. Archive eighty one, absolute Tupperware. Uh, yeah, I had to decide between watching two episodes of this or the house because both were re- released yesterday. And yeah, I did not choose wisely. Yeah, you should. Oh, man. Yeah, because when you told me that you didn't get a chance to watch Archive 81 and it was getting late, I was just like, OK, all right. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> Jake watched what he watched. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah, we didn't get to see Scream until Friday. So that kind of ate up all my Friday time and then work. So it was just like one or the other. I think I'm going to watch The House. This looks really cool with this animation. And, oh, yeah. Jesus. Once I got through The House today, I started Archive 81. And then from there, I was just like, okay, this is what we're doing until we record. This is awesome. This show, <laughs> this show is awesome. How many episodes did you say? It's eight episodes. And I mean, both, I mean, like, there's no, you know, you think like, cause it's exploring two different timelines. Like, in order to like explore like the present timeline, you have to go back into the past to kind of understand where we are now in order to figure out this mystery. So like, when you're watching, you know, at at times you're watching this main character restore these tapes and and try to figure out and try to like, he's got a friend on the outside who's like interviewing people that were involved in like the original, you know, um, fire at the Visser and, and and people that that were connected to this. But on the flip side, it's like we're we're also viewing. There's like this. It's not even a B story. It's like you're also seeing what is happening in these interviews. Uh, in 1994 and you're watching these tapes and both stories are just both super compelling. And so it's like, how are they going to bring it all together by the end of it? I hope it sticks the landing because right now it is fucking incredible. Like this is can't miss for me. This will be something like this next week, Jake, I'll be watching, I'll be finishing archive 81. There's a lot of these shows that we start on you know that we review on PCL that we're just like okay yeah I watched the first few episodes it's pretty good maybe I'll get back to it maybe I won't there's a lot of times that we don't get back to it you know like there's shows like Station Eleven that I finished there's shows that I'll finish um, Yellow Jackets is something that I've been watching week to week Foundation was another show I've been watching week to week but there's some shows that I let go by the wayside Archive eighty one is not one of those shows like this is one of those shows like I'm I'm in it for the long haul. I've got to finish this. This is this is an absolute Tupperware. I got to finish this. It's really really good. That's awesome. You know, I'll definitely have to check it out. It's nice to see that one of these podcast shows finally isn't just a lost in translation yeah. giant turd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is a good. I feel like Amazon had like one of those. Uh, what was it? Was it uh, was. <sighs> Wasn't, didn't they do like the, didn't they have like an, didn't they have Oscar Isaac involved in one where he's like being interviewed by Julia Roberts or something in one of these podcasts? Hmm, I I don't remember that one. Okay. I feel like, oh, and I know that, uh, Catherine, Catherine Keener was involved. I think Catherine Keener was involved in one of these podcasts to, to, to television shows. Um, 
And it didn't, I mean, it just didn't keep my attention from week to week. Uh, Jake, we saw the, the documentary Super Bob Einstein, actor, writer, and producer Bob Einstein becomes famous for his iconic alter ego, Super Dave Osborne, working with the Smothers Brothers and playing Marty Funkhauser on the TV series Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, he, did, did he, was it last year that, um, that super I believe Dave. it's been a couple of years. A couple since he years passed. now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, January 2nd, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Bob Einstein passed away and, um, Jake, I don't know about you, but like I was familiar with him from like his appearances on late night television. I was like anytime that he would show up on David Letterman as super Dave, like I was glued in as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly right there with you. I, anytime he was on like, like the Carson or on Letterman, I, I was fans of both shows and he was always one of my favorite guests. And I, I remember just begging to get Showtime when they announced he was going to get his own like half an hour Showtime show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I saw that the documentary was coming out, uh, I was super excited for this one. It came out, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. I loved how it started out and they were talking to, you know, close friends of Super Dave. I just want to call him Super Dave. Um, yeah, like Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. I, you know, I, when they were talking to close friends and they were talking about like how, you know, you hear like, like most people would be like, oh, they wouldn't want a documentary made about themselves. And like all of his friends were like, oh, he would love, he, he would love it. He just wants to make sure that there's plenty of him in it. And I was just, yeah, as long as he was in 85% of it, he would love it. Yes. And I was just like, oh my God, I was cracking the fuck up, um, at this. And I, uh, this was, this was a beautiful documentary and it had me laughing. Um, a lot of stuff I had never seen, a lot of clips, um, that I had never seen him in, uh, you know, especially like the, um, the, the Sonny and Cher show, the, I never saw his Smothers Brothers appearances. Um, his first bit with the Hollywood stars, uh, the, you know, the Walk of Fame, I'd never seen that before. Um, it was, awesome seeing like you know interviews with albert brooks his brother and um this was an absolute tupperware i loved this so much i it just felt like i got to know a lot more about super dave a guy who made me laugh when i was a kid like he was like a cartoon character come to life for me when i was a kid i i i loved this yeah yeah i'm right there with you this was a, a giant tupperware this was so touching this was so hilarious um you know, I've been a fan of Super Dave, just like you, Brian, since I was in my single digits. And up until watching this, I had no idea he was Albert Brooks's brother. No fucking clue. <laughs> dude, 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 dude. I thought I was the only one. I had no idea. I was shocked by that. I had to hit rewind. It's like, what? Is this a bit? Well, it's like, it may, well, think about this. It's like, okay. Um, now I know that Albert Brooks changed his last name because his original name is Albert Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yes. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be big in the movies with that name. Right. Yeah. You've got to, <laughs> well, like Michael Keaton's real name is not Michael Keaton. Um, Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas. So he couldn't, Michael Keaton couldn't be my, Michael Douglas. There's already a Michael Douglas. So, I mean, the same, like, 
Albert Brooks faces the same problem here being Albert Einstein. You, Yeah, you just can't be Albert Einstein acting. That's hilarious. I honestly thought you were going to laugh at me when I told you I had no, no idea that I, I was. Jake, I did. I, I had no. I would have thought that you would have known. I, I had no idea either going into this that they were brothers. And it's it's not like they only had one. They uh, they only had one time where they acted together, and it was in that modern romance film. And that was really cool to yeah. see. Um, I loved hearing the stories about that. I, I loved the stories of them as brothers. I, I found it absolutely hilarious that here's Albert Brooks, you know, trying to become a comedic writer and involved in, in famous comedies. Yeah. And here's Bob Einstein, who basically trips and falls into it before Albert Brooks even cuts his teeth doing anything. Yeah. And he didn't want any part of this. He was like an advertising sales executive, I believe, when he did his first gig. And, yeah, I, I just thought all that was hilarious. You could kind of see the tinge of jealousy in Albert Brooks. I mean, it was very good-natured the way he was speaking about it. But I think it was definitely there when it first happened, when he found out his brother was on the Smothers Brothers. Yeah, and he yeah. was, like, vying to be on that show himself. And here's his brother, who he, he didn't even know what it in this business – tripped and fell onto the biggest comedy variety show on television at the time. He was so put off by Hollywood. His father died when he was 14. His father was involved in comedy and they had his funeral and a bunch of these other celebrities showed up to his dad's funeral and this other celebrity was doing his dad's bits during the funeral. And he most of them, he said most of them were doing like their routines and stuff and yeah, he just hated that. He was so put off by that. And I can't blame him. But it's just like he was just – oh, my God. Nobody played the straight man like like fucking – No, yeah. He was, he was fucking great. I loved so hearing good. from Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. Uh, the story about him talking to Bob about the script for the pilot episode of one of the seasons where his mom passed away (laughs) and then finding out that Bob's real life mom passed away (laughs) and him saying, well, we're not changing the script and hanging up on him. Classic Larry David. Like Larry David's stories sound like episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's (laughs) ridiculous. (laughs) Totally. Uh, One of the funniest things from Larry Larry David that I ever heard, and it's I don't think it's out there anymore, but it was – um, Jeff Garland did a podcast that only went on for like, I don't know, six, seven, eight episodes. But his first episode that he did was with Larry David. And Larry David was talking about how he'd never taken a picture of anything in his entire life. And it's like, how do you make that funny? And he's talking about just like picking up a camera and taking a picture of something. And Larry David is just like, well, what am I going to take a picture of? What, 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 and it's just the way that he was had me cracking the fuck. Up. Like, what am I going to take a what picture? What do I want to see again? Yeah. What, why? why <laughs> it's like picking up a camera. Take, ooh, taking a pic. I'm just like, I'm just like, I was fucking rolling. Larry David's so fucking funny. But um, I oh his friendship, Bob Einstein's friendship with Steve Martin was another thing that I had no clue about. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. I, they were writing partners for nearly five years. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea. It's like yeah, the, it, it's like uh, the first so time. It was like the first time I learned that Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams were like dear friends. You know, oh. like I, I there was a, you know, 
I think I found out about that over 20 years ago. And it was like, oh my God, Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams were really good friends. Like they both studied at, you know, the Juilliard. Like, are, are you create? Uh, I'd never heard of this before. And like, the same thing happened here where it was just like Bob Einstein and Steve Martin, you know, very good friends. And they even got interviews here with Steve Martin. It was like this guy had such a long lasting uh, impact on everybody that he came across and everybody had wonderful things to say about him. I loved how they talked about his relationship with his wife and then how uh, when his granddaughter was like giving her interview about how like oh, him and Susie just showing up. Yeah. Him and Susie. But you no, know, when his granddaughter is talking about him and how he would always make her laugh and then she starts to like tear up and cry. I started getting emotional. I was, it was very touching. Yeah, I got the part that got me was his grandkids um, talking to them now. Yeah, how that's that's super ex- grandpa. Yes, that got me oh too. Oh my god! Yeah, that that really choked me up as well. <laughs> With the character that he played on Smother Brothers, Officer Judy. <laughs> that, oh yeah, when he's a re- how they used it as an out. Anytime they didn't know how to end the end the sequence, they just have Officer Judy arrest whichever celebrity was guest starring on. Well, I love the Liberace one when he's playing the piano and Officer Judy comes out. He's like, do you know how fast you were playing? <laughs> <laughs> I believe he mispronounces his name. No, he calls him Liberace. Lib- yeah. <laughs> And he asked him, do you you want to get off your bench? <laughs> and he asked him to get up after he saw the alcohol and the – you got – no, just watch the documentary. I'm not doing it justice. Yeah, I didn't – It's fantastic. I When I first put it on and I saw the, the picture on the title of HBO Max, I was like, what is this goopy picture? And the movie even explains that. Like when it was over yes. and back to that title yeah. card, I was cracking up that that was the picture they decided to use on the uh, – on the screen for the movie. So yeah, this, if you have any like interaction with super Dave in your life, this is, this is a must see. Yeah. I couldn't believe how many, um, times super Dave showed up in, in, in hip hop songs. I was like, what? yeah, that was wild. <laughs> I, I had no idea that he was such an influence there. It was like the cream of the crop too. It'd be like, it was like ice cube, ice cube, and, and Tupac and tribe called quest. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> This is a Tupperware. If you're a Super Dave fan, um, or, uh, or, or a Marty Funkhauser fan from Kirby Enthusiasm, this is a, this is a must, must watch. Um, did you notice that in Kirby Enthusiasm, they didn't address his death at all? Like, Marty Funkhauser is still alive in the Kirby Enthusiasm universe? Yeah, I like that. I, like I did that too. Very, very, very touching. Yeah, I like that too. Oh man, he I is. love talking to JB Smooth about doing stuff with them. I thought he was a real class act talking yeah. about Bob. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Um, Wolf Like Me, this dropped on Peacock. I just found out about this one this week. Um, Gary and Mary are in a new relationship, but both have baggage. Gary is an emotional wreck and struggles to provide for his daughter since the death of his wife. Mary has a secret she can't bring herself to share with anyone. Universe brought these two together for a reason. They just need to keep following the signs. Uh, it stars Isla Fisher as Mary and Josh Gad as Gary. Um, before I get into any kind of, I want to break down this synopsis a little bit more 
and add a little bit to it, but I want to know how many episodes you guys watched. Jake, how many episodes did you watch? I watched the first two. Stephanie? I did not get a chance to watch it. Okay, I finished this, Jake, because it was only, it's six episodes, each episode's about 30 minutes a piece. So I just, I finished this one. Um, what are your thoughts, Jake? Okay, should I, should I give the hook here? Uh, I think the hook is, I don't know, I'm, now that I say it out loud, cause honestly, even with the title of the show, I did not see the hook coming. With the title of the show, I did kind of suspect that the hook would be that. I suspected it once the clues were giving that something was amiss. For sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's worth giving. I, I'm going to give this a taste it. Um, and I'm right there with Brian where it's, um, it's six episodes. It's 30 minutes. So even at a taste it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go ahead and just watch the last four episodes of this and see how it resolves. It, it was good enough for that. And it's not much of a commitment. It was fun enough, light TV. Um, I thought both Josh Gad and Isla Fisher were, were both very charming in their roles. Um, I thought the daughter w- was a very cool character. Um, yeah, it's like this weird, rom-com relationship show with this slight supernatural underlining twist going on that I kind of have to see how it plays out. I I mean, maybe I should rate it higher than it taste it, but it it never really like has me belly laughing very much. And it's not, it's they don't, they actually, if if you look it up, like they don't actually have it as like a rom-com. They, they, IMDb, as far as I remember, had it listed as a, or, or Peacock itself had it listed as a, as a drama. Okay. On IMDb, it has it as a comedy drama. Yeah. I saw um, it. I, I agree yeah. with you. That's wrong. Peacock, it's their show. They know what's up. It's definitely more of a drama than a comedy. Um, it's not super serious, but it's definitely serious enough. And there's, there's definitely some serious themes going on here with, with parenting and death and relationships. And yeah, it was just enough fun and it's just enough, not much of a commitment that probably within the next couple of days, I'll hammer out the other four episodes. It's the only reason I finished it is because it's like at the end of the day, it's just basically a three hour movie. Um, yeah, here's the hook. If you don't want to hear the hook, then don't listen. The hook is that he, gets involved with Isla Fish's character, uh, who is a werewolf on the nights that, uh, there is a full moon. So yeah, there you go. Um, so how is this relationship going to work? How is he going to introduce his daughter to this, you know, uh, you know, she knows this woman, but how is he going to introduce her to the fact that, uh, you know, Mary turns into a werewolf on the nights that there's a full moon? Um, Jake, it stays at a taste it for me after watching all six mm-hmm. episodes. It's definitely worth watching. I mean, it's, it's not a huge commitment. It's a mini series. So it's not like we're going to get a season two. Uh, performances are fine. Um, it's definitely worth getting to that final episode, seeing how it all plays out. But, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, it's not a huge commitment. It's not, great doesn't reinvent the wheel it's no fuck it it's no teen wolf jake no 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 <laughs> yeah i it's, i feel like i watched the first third of a movie that i'm invested enough that i have to see how this plays out i would recommend to finish it i wouldn't say oh, oh don't finish it it's not worth it it's 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 definitely finish it just finish it yeah 
Yeah, it's not a huge commitment. If you don't start it, don't worry about it. But if you've started it, go ahead and finish it. It's not a huge investment. But it's a taste. I do like I do like how it's not a NBC network proper show and it gets away with a little bit more adult themed material. Um I don't know if it ever gets downright gory, but definitely the language. Like it it threw me off just hearing F bombs on a Peacock show and going, Okay, this isn't on NBC at seven thirty on Tuesday nights. This is a Peacock streaming exclusive show. And it, it definitely felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think as you know, I think for kids, I think Peacock is probably like the most fun of the services to say out loud to their parents. Cause it's got a oh, curse word. Oh yeah. In it. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm shocked that they went with that name, but yeah. I mean, I guess NBC, the Peacock is, is pretty legendary. Mom, dad, do you want to watch Peacock tonight? <laughs> you know, <Tiki. laughs> peacock Do you I'm actually um <laughs> i'm really enjoying that's my jam on peacock have you seen any of this no it's like a it's a jimmy fallon hosted music game show where they have celebrities teaming up against another team of celebrities and like different singing and lip syncing and musical challenges. Um, I, I strongly recommend it. It's become one of my favorite shows every week. It's uh, three episodes in and this last episode had uh Taika Waititi as one of the contestants. And uh, if you're just going to watch one episode of this thing, you got to see Taika Waititi doing these musical challenges with Jimmy Fallon. It, it was pretty classic. Okay. I don't yeah, know if it feels I'll... like, sorry. No, I don't know if I'll watch. I don't know. I don't know if I watch. I'm so like, I, like I, I can't watch like the mass singer and all that crap. I don't know. Is it? This is way more fun than that. It's like fill in the lyrics and like sing songs in different ways. Like it's definitely meant to be funny. Okay. It, it, I'm not a fan of the mass singer either. Like once I saw the gimmick, that's the gimmick. I don't give a shit who's behind the mask. I, I think this is actually really clever with the different games they come up with to play with these celebrities. Okay. Um, they get big names too. Uh, Joseph and Gordon Levitt and Chance the Rapper and Josh Groban have been on. Um, yeah, it's you know it's on NBC and Jimmy Fallon, so I think he's got some pull. And it, it doesn't feel like D-list celebrities for the most part. Like uh, I don't think I've ever even seen Taika Waititi make an appearance on any kind of a network TV show like this. When you said Josh Groban, it made me think of Charles Grodin, and I was like, oh my god, he passed away. That's one of the I forgot about Charles Grodin passing away. Now I'm sad about that, Jake. Yeah, Midnight Run is one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh my god! Why do we? Oh my god! There needs to be like like we got the Super Dave documentary. Like I want to. Why 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 haven't we gotten like a Bill Paxson documentary or a Charles Grodin documentary? Like yeah, maybe maybe there's reasons. What? What? <laughs> why the fuck would you say that? Maybe maybe Paxton and Groden have been canceled. <laughs> you motherfucker! That is just fuck off. Uh, fuck you, Jake. That's uh, well, no, oh, fuck you for saying that shit. I don't know. I, I I would love that though. I would love to see a Charles Groden doc. I mean, I think so many people just know him from Beethoven, and he's so much much like we were talking about how much I loved when a uh, Super Dave showed up on Letterman. Oh my god, I fucking love when Charles Groden would show up on Letterman. Oh, he was fucking yeah. hilarious with mm-hmm. Dave. Did you know Charles Groden was in the sequel for A Christmas Story? I did not know there was a sequel to A Christmas Story. Yeah, do you know, you want to know what the sequel for A Christmas Story is about? It's not even about Christmas. It's the fucking, it's about, 
it's a summer story and it's it's about his obsession with playing with tops the the little spinny tops the you spinny know? things yeah like i guess like and it takes place in the 50s and he has to get like the best top that will like kids would battle tops like tops would like spin and like battle each other and shit and so it's okay. about his quest to get like the the best top it is it came out in 2012 wow yeah dude it's not it's oh it came out in 2012 that recent yeah that's what i'm reading it was terrible is it is the kid connected to the original Ralphie in any way? The kid is the, the the kid is Ralph, but it's like they got new actors. So like Charles Grodin plays the dad instead of the original actor and they got a new actor to play the kid. And it has nothing oh. to do with Christmas at all. It's a summertime story. What's it called, Jake? I can't remember. I've seen it, but it's a Christmas story too. It's called <laughs> No way. It takes yeah, place in the maybe. summer. Takes place in 1946, six years after the events. It's called It's called My Summer Story, and it came out in yeah, My Summer Story, and it came out in 1994. That makes more sense. Gotcha. But there is what I'm talking about does exist. It's called A Christmas Story Two. It also stars the same kid from the movies. Okay, but in 2012. No, this doesn't star the same kid from the movies. This is, they got a different kid. And this one has Charles Grodin stars as, yeah, I'm reading it right here on Wikipedia. My Summer Story is what it's called. Okay, yeah, they talk about it here. It's a direct sequel that ignores the events of the 1994 film My Summer Story. Yeah. The film takes place in the summer of 1941 after the events of A Christmas Story, which takes place in December of 1940. Yeah. My Summer Story was actually released under a different name in the theaters. It was called It Runs in the Family, and they changed the name for VHS release. Yeah, they should have changed it to this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kieran, Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin yeah. plays Ralphie, uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother, who's now on The Succession on HBO. You never heard about this, did you, Stephanie? Blowing your fucking mind, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, oh, God. Yeah, I watched never, this I fucking, never heard of this either. It looks absolutely terrible. It's fucking terrible. And I love Charles Groton. Oh, my God. Charles Groton, was it uh, Clifford? He's Not a, Beethoven. Clifford, bro, with fucking Martin Short. Oh, 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 I was thinking about the different dog. Ah, my fuck mom. Beethoven. I'm not, Clifford, like one of the best movies ever with Martin Short. Yeah, that's a great one. That's, I'm a big Pure Luck fan, too, when we're talking about Martin Short. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. Oh. I'm telling you, Midnight Run. You've seen Midnight Run, haven't you? Yes, Ryan? it's been a long time, but I have seen it. Uh, it's him and De Niro, and, and oh, my gosh, it is so fucking good. Yeah, that's probably that is probably his best movie. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, he was kind of always the same. I, I love the guy, but he he was kind of typecast as always the same character at, at one point. Right? Yeah, it's like it's like uh, if we can't get John Lithgow, let's go with Charles Grodin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Stephanie, did you have something to say, Stephanie? I feel like I cut you off. 
No, I forgot what it was. It's okay. Mm. It's okay. I'll, I'll survive. It's fine. Wow. That hurts a little bit, Jake. <laughs> uh, you guys want to take a break? Jake, are you ready for a break, buddy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like it went without saying, right? Yeah, I could definitely tell you jumped into that next topic to avoid me asking for a break. <laughs> yeah. We went from um, Archive 81 to Super Bob Einstein just like that. There was no pause. I was like, God damn it. Mm. Let's take a break. I was gonna, I was gonna make an Archive 69 joke, but I don't know where to go with it. Archive 409. Oh, or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Archive, bringing it back to this episode number and, <laughs> and our incredible humorous intro that we had in the beginning of this episode. I think you just mispronounced humorless. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you're cr- it was without humor, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Mary Steenburgen was in the. I love, she, I love her. I love her too. She she played the mom in my summer story, Jake. I'm still not watching. <laughs> I was. I watched this on VHS, and it was. It was. I think it was direct. If I don't remember it hitting theaters, so if they're saying it hit theaters, I don't remember it in theaters. But I remember watching this pretty close to like once it was released on VHS. I was so excited, Jake, because I loved, I loved a Christmas story. I know you're not a fan, but I loved it, and I just was just like, what this has all new cast this has nothing to do with the original this is insane <laughs> this is insane how can you call this a sequel to a christmas story it's about tops it's about it's about tops <laughs> at first i thought you were talking about baseball cards that would have been more interesting than fucking spinning tops yeah all right let's take a break for jake and we'll be right back and we'll jump into the pop culture leftovers news I love it when I when I when I announce a break in 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 the cadence of a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> I don't I don't I do that. I know. All right, a little bit. All right, class. What we're gonna we're gonna. All right, let's let's we're all gonna hold hands and um, remember your buddy and don't go lose. to your cubby hole. Get your mats. Stay in a straight line. Okay. All right. All right. No shoving. No shoving, Tommy. And, uh, yeah, what, what the fuck? It's snack time. It's snack time. All right. Uh, oh, Jake. After we've said fuck 800 times. Snack time. Do you remember snack time when you were a little kid? Like it was snack uh-huh. time? Like, I, and, and like, what was your, like, like, what was your favorite snack? Like, and what, what did you trade for? What were your, like, what were the top snacks, bro? I know I always get – I got saddled with like the little tiny sun-made raisins like my parents tried to have me eat healthy. So I was always oh, trying to – God. I was always trying to trade up. Oh, my God. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. I remember there was one kid that loved the fucking raisins though. So I'd always get like the Hunt's pudding cup for the box of raisins. Oh, my God. That poor child. What the fuck is wrong with him? Uh, I, yeah. like, like I can give you like, like my top snacks, probably like fucking fruit roll-ups. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, shark bites. Those were huge. That was like top tier. Oh yeah. Um, and then fucking, uh, there was one kid that fucking brought in the, uh, what was it? The Pepperidge Farm, the goldfish. 
Oh, yeah, those were fucking good. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, dude. He had a fucking huge fucking bag of the goldfish, and I was always, like, trying to trade for some goldfish. Stephanie, top snacks. Top snacks? Uh, I was into any type of fruit snacks. Gushers were big. I yeah. liked Gushers a lot. Um, and, like, those, like, fruit cups, like, when you put, like, and you'd, like, the fruit, like, sitting in the juice, I would like those a lot. But anything, like, fruit roll up chewy, like, fruit snacky was down. And if it's a gusher, then you're not getting anything from me because this is mine and sucks for you. Yeah, like, oh, my God. Do they still, yeah, they still make gushers, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I had this, uh, I had, like, a, it was, like, a fruit snack. It was, like, a gummy fruit snack recently. Um, and it has, like, the juice inside, but it wasn't a gusher, but it was super good. Had, like, oh, yeah, those are good. Like, the Welch's made with fruit juice snacks are fucking delicious. Yeah. Oh, man. Childhood snacks. Yeah. That was a fun little trip down memory lane, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't think I've had a fruit roll-up for 20-plus years. Oh, my God. People have been, I don't know if you saw on TikTok, the time suck that is TikTok. If you see, a lot of people are taking fruit roll-ups now, sticking them in the freezer. And then they get crunchy and eating them that way. That's like the new way to eat fruit roll-ups. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. They look like fucking glass when they take them out. They do. They're crunchy when you eat them? Yeah. Yeah. Like a potato chip almost, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was – okay. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, the guys from Workaholics do a podcast, and they were talking about an old episode of Workaholics. I totally forgot about it. And it was this, it was this prank that they, uh, had on the show where they would take, where they would shit and then they would put it in like a, they would like put it in a, like a baggie or like wrap it in like saran wrap and, and then they would flatten it. They would flatten the shit and then they would put it in the freezer and let it freeze. So like when they took it out, it was like a flat piece of shit. And then you would like to the to somebody you fucking couldn't stand. You'd like, like if they had their windows rolled down in the summertime just a little bit, you would slide the piece of shit in there. And then as the sun would hit it, it would like melt. And so like when they opened their car door, it was like this big mystery of like how, like first off, it's like my car smells like shit. But like second, like you're left with like, how did someone take a shit in my locked car. It's brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> twisted. It is super twisted. Because not only is it disgusting and ultimate revenge, but it's always going to fuck with your head. Like, how did someone shit in my car? How is there shit in my car? <laughs> how did you shit in my car? That it, It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Oh. <sighs> Now I'm always going to be like, make sure all my windows are rolled up, like, just to make sure that nobody slips shit in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Who would hate you that badly? Oh, thanks. I hope nobody. <laughs> <laughs> now, me, on the other hand, I, I've got a car full of shit, Stephanie. <laughs> Welcome to the shit mobile. All right, let's did take... they like film the people that they did it to? No, it was work. It was just like a. It's just like a scripted comedy. So um, they were talking about it on one of the recent podcasts, and I kind of remember them talking about it on the episode. But it's. I don't think it's something that we saw in the episode. Yeah, I do remember. What was it? Was it the first Jackass movie? 
where they where they went into like a hardware store department and they took a shit in one of the toilets in the hardware store. <laughs> it was like a dis- it was like a display toilet. Did you interview with Johnny Knoxville this week that he said when he broke his dick he had to piss out of a catheter for like two and a half years. No shit. Okay. Yeah, he said he broke his dick on either one of the jackass <laughs> movies or the TV show. Because they asked him what the most like what the worst thing that ever happened to him filming Jackass was, and he said breaking his dick and having to pee out of a catheter for almost three years. Oh my god, three years! Yeah. Have you seen the sec? <laughs> have you seen the second trailer for Jackass it's Forever? So good. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that trailer! I. It's like, oh my god! I'm not even that big of a fan, but that trailer just kills me. I, I am like, a choking sh- on my popcorn. I am a huge fan of Jackass. Like every movie I've gone to the theater and like if you go to a Jackass movie in the theater on a packed night, it is fucking incredible. Like it is just the laughing is just fucking contagious. When does that come out? February. I feel like 4th. I've been seeing trailers for a long time now. You have because they've been pushing the date, but it's coming out officially on February 4th. Okay. And sense. I'm hearing Bam Margera is going to be in this. He was not originally in it. Like, I th- <sighs> he was. You could. I'd, I'd have to reread the articles, but like, I guess he was like he's he was like back on like drugs and shit like that. And so they said that he couldn't be a part of it. And then he was when they said he couldn't be a part of it, he was leaving threatening voicemail messages. Oh wow! Yeah. And okay, I guess his dick was broken, Jackass two. <laughs> okay, was it was it a bull? He attempts a backflip on a moving motorcycle on a moving ah. motorcycle, ends up taking himself out of commission for weeks on end. He loses control of the bike, causing him to land awkwardly on the ground, tearing his urethra. Oh my god! <sighs> did they show that in the movie? Yeah, it says they did. Okay, I don't remember his fucking. Dick getting broke. <laughs> I guess the movie was delayed for like months because of it. Do you remember when they, when, when they took, uh, I forget which cast member it was, but they put a Hot Wheels car inside of a condom and shoved it up his asshole. I remember oh that. My God. <laughs> and they went to the doctor and they x-rayed it and you could see the x-ray of a condom and <laughs> Hot Wheels car in this guy's asshole. <laughs> Apparently in this new one, Johnny suffered a broken rib, a broken wrist, multiple concussions, and a brain hemorrhage. Oh my god. Well dude, he, he's he was fucking pushing fifty when they says, filmed Jackass this. four has amassed the largest injury list of all the franchise entries to date. It makes sense. Eric Andre's in it, Jake. Oh yeah, they show him in the trailer. Yeah, he, he looks hilarious. I I love the bit with uh, him at the uh, like the food truck. Oh god, yes. <laughs> oh my god, sincere they are about uh, not fucking with the person and letting them actually have something, and then just hitting them with another <laughs> one of those things. Yes, yes. Oh my god. Oh, that uh, kills me. I can't Knox, believe I can't Johnny believe Knoxville it. has racked up a total of eight million six hundred and sixty three thousand dollars in medical beer bills from oh, Jackass. That's insane. 
followed by uh, Steve-O with 5,820,000. Yeah, Steve-O's going on tour, man. He's going to be in fucking St. Louis this next week. I really want to go and see him, but... What's he, what's he going to do? Oh, God, Stunts he's... Stuff? Have you, uh, you've never seen his stand-up before? Mm-mm. His first stand-up special, I think it's... It might still be on Showtime, but he's got a stand-up special on Showtime, and um, he does a mix of, like, basically talking about his drug addiction, uh, a mix of talking about his time on Jackass, and then a mix of his time talking about um, his time when he was um, a member of Barnum & Bailey's uh, clown college, like clown circus, you know, and stuff like that. Like, I, he went through, like, their clown college, but I... And I, I don't remember if he got picked up by Barnum and Bailey, but he'll do his actual like clowning, clowning routine on stage where like he's balancing like chairs and shit off of his chin and all this crap. Like it's, it's a fucking great act, dude. Is it Steve-O guilty as charged? That's it. 2016. All right. I just added it to my wish list. Yeah, yeah. He's also got his own podcast, which I've listened to a few episodes. It's decent. Well, so I was going to – me and Michelle were going to watch the Jackass movies again. Yeah. Um, but we're confused because we, we Googled it and it's like Jackass, Jackass 2.5, Jackass 3.5. Don't watch the point fives. The point fives are just like – I think from what I can remember, the point fives are just like the stuff that didn't make it into like the original – movie so you want to watch the proper movie you don't want to watch the point fives the point i mean if you've seen the if you just want to watch the original movies watch jackass one two and three but yeah. the, is the show streaming anywhere i don't know it might be on the mtv app but i don't know okay yeah i mean i just watch real quick i love the shows but the movies just fucking ramp it up yeah, the movie seems like it's where they mm-hmm. like went to the next level. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I went and saw Jackass three in three D. Oh gosh, I didn't realize it was a three D movie. Yeah, awesome. it actually it was like they were promoting it as Jackass three D, and I I went was there, it put down post the, Avatar, or was it Red and Blue? It was post Avatar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, so like there's that there's like the scene at the beginning and they're doing like a lot of slow motion shit. I think they're getting hit with like I can't remember it's like paint pellets or something and like yeah, it like it was all popping off the screen and shit. It was I thought it was worth it. I I loved it, but I'm a huge jackass fan, so it's available to buy, but it's not available to stream anywhere via the TV show. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, let's take that fucking break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we'll be. <laughs> oh, we're, not, we're not on break. We're on... No, <laughs> I'm still recording all this shit. Oh, I like hit mute and like piss during this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> people will maybe people will enjoy the fact that they thought that you guys were on break. They had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I was being very candid. I don't even know what I said now. I'm like, oh my God, what did I say? <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, that racist rant that you went on, I don't think is going to go over well, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it was, and that whole conversation that you had about like how, uh, you know, for the tuppies, you didn't get to list Kevin Spacey as your he- hero of the year. 
I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think that'll go over well either. Yeah, shit. <laughs> At least I didn't go into my licorice pizza thesis. <laughs> oh, shit. Did, <laughs> did you see it? No, I haven't yet. You haven't seen it yet. Okay. <laughs> no, I will, though. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be right back. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You should head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon shopping link for all your shopping needs. Ooh, yeah. The cream of the crop always rise to the top, dig it? Speaking of cream, you can probably buy it on Amazon. Not 100% sure. Yeah. To all my little Hulkamaniacs, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and you will never go wrong, brother. And listen, dude, you can buy those vitamins through the Amazon shopping link on popcultureleftovers.com. Ooh, yeah. I just bought a neon orange cowboy hat and a curtain of Slim Jims. Snap into a Slim Jim. Head on over to popcultureleftovers.com now and use the link. Because what you going to do, brother? When pop culture leftovers runs wild on you. All right, hey, we are back, and it is now time for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a lift of a news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Hmm, Jake, gangster as fuck news, sir. Ah, uh, let's hear it. Now writing. <laughs> Listen to Stephanie over now. <laughs> Stephanie, where did this where did this little burst of energy come from? A little birdie may have told me the energy was a bit low. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Stephanie <laughs> Stephanie apparently snorted a line of coke there <laughs> during the break. <laughs> Stephanie went full Tony Montana on the break there. <laughs> full Gary Busey. Yeah, pet judge. Um, <laughs> let's make sure this chihuahua is being taken care of. <laughs> I want to see a show with Gary Busey and a and a uh, and a and a sidekick pet chihuahua, Jake. Um. Yeah, I would watch the trailer for that show. Hmm. News from Deadline: Quantum Leap reboot set in, uh, set at NBC with pilot order. Quantum Leap's long rumored return has taken a big leap toward. <laughs> oh, that's punny. Taking a oh, big man. yeah, I know. Taking a big leap toward becoming a reality. NBC has given a pilot order to a reboot of the beloved 1990s sci-fi series, which starred Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. Uh, the follow-up series is set in present time. It's been 30 years since Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. Now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. Vacula is not attached to reprise his role or produce the new Quantum Leap, but is aware of the reboot and has had conversations about potentially getting involved Vacula's co-lead on the original series, Dean Stockwell, died in November at age 85. Uh, the series, uh, which aired 97 episodes from 1989 to 1993, featured Bacula's physicist and inadvertent Sam Beckett time-hopping through various eras by leaping into the bodies of other people. Stockwell played Beckett's sidekick, Admiral Al Calavici, 
who appeared as a hologram to guide him through the weekly adventures. Quantum Leap is one of the marquee titles in the Universal TV library. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, yeah, um, oh yeah, here we go. This particular iteration has been kept largely under wraps. But back in the last fall, <clears throat> excuse me, told, uh, the late Bob Saget on his podcast. Yeah, RIP Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a blow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, he, I, I found out that he had just recently recovered from COVID. He talked about that on a podcast that he was recently on. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. He was on a podcast recently and talked about how he had recently gotten over COVID. Was it, did they find it? Is it like a, they think it was a heart problem or something? Yeah. They, I read that he died in his sleep and it was most likely a stroke or a heart attack. I, I read a really <clears> sad <throat> article that he had texted Dave Chappelle hours before he passed and, uh, Dave Chappelle never texted him back and he, he feels a lot of regret about that. Yeah. He talked about it. I saw the clip of a Dave Chappelle stand up special where he talked about like, not how he saw the text and he was like, I was just busy life. And then I never got back to him. And the next thing you know, he heard he passed away and he does. Yeah. He does. He said the same. Oh my God. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. It's like my mom, my mom texts me. I was, the, she was the first one to tell me she's like, Bob Saget passed away. And, and she was like, Oh, it's sad. He died in a hotel room alone. And then I looked into it more and I, I sent her a text back. I was like, yeah, but he was out on the road doing what he loved touring. Doing comedy. Yeah, he, he just had a huge show that night. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, that's that's just that's just life on the road, you know. That he was doing what he loved before he died, you know. Um, so, yeah, R.I.P. Bob Saget. But yeah, we're um, yeah, that is sad. We're getting a. It looks like we're getting a. Well, it's not official that we're getting a Quantum Leap reboot. This is a pilot order. So, I mean, they're ordering a pilot doesn't mean that it's going to go to series um i mean we may never even see this pilot there's a ton there's a ton of pilots that that never even get uh that never even air um here's my thing is that if this does not involve scott bacula i don't give a fuck i don't i don't fuck i've been waiting 30 years now to see what's happened to Sam. They're just like, these two are synonymous. It's just like, I don't want to see a new fucking Indiana Jones. I don't want to see anybody but Harrison Ford play Indiana Jones. I don't want to see anybody fucking leaping through time in a series called Quantum Leap if it's not Scott, Scott Bakula. I don't, I don't care if it's his fucking son. I don't care if it's fucking, uh, you know, Al's grandson. I don't, I don't fucking care. <laughs> That's where I'm at. If it's a new quantum leap series that has nothing to do with, with Scott Bakula, or if they're just going to give me bullshit fucking, uh, references to Sam Beckett being lost in quantum leap. And if we don't, and if we get him in like the, in like the fucking second season, as a cameo or if Sam becomes the new Al or something like that. I don't, I fuck off. I, I want more adventures with, there's nobody that can do this other than Scott Bakula. And if they have some other fucking character at the end of an episode, episode say, Oh boy, fuck right off. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 
digging my heels in, man. That's how I feel about this. It, it's, it's, uh, I don't need a spiritual sequel. I, I want, I want, I want Scott Bakula back. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm a huge fan of the original show. I actually just revisited it about five years ago. I watched the whole thing again and it really held up. It's, it's more about the cast than it is the actual plot and the IP. I, I'm right there with you. I almost feel like it's already not worth doing, just not having Dean Stockwell around. Yeah. Like I, I it's already too much gone for me. I, I would check out a pilot, but it would be a miracle to cast this well enough to where I'm not going to miss both uh, Scott Bakula and Sam Rockwell. Uh, Dean, so. Dean Stockwell, not oh, Sam. Oh, Dean Stockwell. My bad, my bad. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I couldn't help but, but watch what they did. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I would have a very, very low hopes for it being worth a shit. The fact that they're fucking talking about a uh, quantum leap reboot, and that they haven't that that Scott Bakula is aware of it, but they haven't like is it is it is it is it one of those things that they just haven't signed him yet that they're working it's it's contract negotiations because like. I don't even I don't even get like the feeling from that from this article. They're saying like he's aware. No, it feels like if he's going to have a role whatsoever, it's going to be a very small passing of the torch type of thing. If yeah. he even has yeah. a role at all. Um. Yeah, Stephanie, are you, were, you, were you a fan? I was a fan of Quantum Leap. Yeah. Um, yeah, and from the sounds of the article, I agree with what Jake thing. It sounds like it's going to be maybe a passing. He may make they may ask him to make an appearance, but there will likely be a new main time leaper. Um, and maybe he'll be passing the torch or he'll be a mentor of some sort in some like limited capacity, but it doesn't sound all that promising that it will be him. I, I still think that Scott Bakula is fully capable. I feel like if, like, if this series was going to like Netflix or something like that, like it would be Scott Bakula. Like they would get it, you know? Like, here's the thing. I agree. They would see the value in what they're doing. Like it, they would know that if yeah. you're more quantum leap, you're doing, you're going the nostalgia way. Well, here's the thing: it's not like it's not like the series Cobra Kai was just like, okay, we're gonna, it's a, it's, it's based in the world of Karate Kid, but you're not gonna see, you know, Daniel or any of the characters from the original. It's just gonna be like more kids going to this dojo of, of Cobra Kai. It's like, no, it's like... It, That's even stupider than this. That is dumber than this. Like, But I feel like Quantum Leap is so steeped in, in Scott Bakula's character, Sam, and I guess some people could make the argument that, like, okay, well, why can't Quantum Leap be like Star Trek? And, you know, like Star Trek The Next Generation. Jake, could they make Quantum Leap like Star Trek The Next Generation where, you know, it's like based in that same universe, but it's not like – I know in that series we did get, you know, characters from the original series, but do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's it's an all-new – yeah. I think a fun way to do it, if it has to be done – but we get limited Scott Bakula. Yeah. My my pitch would be that the plot would be 
the new main character is sent to retrieve Scott Bakula from being lost in time. So you pick up the thread of where the final episode left off and you've got the thrill, almost that like who we're going to see at the end of Mandalorian season two vibe. Like, are they going to find Scott Bakula? Are we going to see him? Are they going to rescue him? Right. And then really earn that Scott Bakula appearance. I think I would like that. And that would be a lot more respectable than we see him for, two minutes or less in the first episode and he passes the baton and that's that. I, right. If, if he's only going to be in it a limited time, I would love him to be a central focus of the plot. Like I think the, the idea of a rescue is really exciting. I, I would probably buy into that. They would get me to watch a season if the plot was, we have to save Sam. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's always like that, that, that hope of like them pulling Sam out of this, out of this. Right. Yeah, they'd get me. They'd get me there. Like, uh, maybe the next one is where they're going to find Sam at. You know, and it would be exciting, like, if they actually got him to see what final timeline or final person he kind of took his residence as. Do you want to know? maybe he's still just bouncing around. Do you know? Do you want to know why I don't think that is going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Because when we watch the series Quantum Leap, you only get to leap into moments from your timeline and I feel like they're going to cast a younger actor and that younger actor, their timeline is not going to cross over with, with his timeline, right? Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. That makes Do you remember, sense. you remember when, Unless when they changed the technology, but yeah, now you're changing, now you're changing things about the show that I don't think need to be changed. Like, yeah, do you, when, 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 do you remember when wants to do. do you remember when Dean Stockwell he played Al? Do you remember when he was the leaper for a short period of time? Yeah, yeah, that was like one of the cliffhangers. They were they they flip bodies. Yeah, but they were able to go further back in the past because he was older than Sam. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So I just feel like they're going to bring in like a completely younger cast here, and. You know, they're going to be, like, we're going to get to see them, you know, go back into, like, instead of just going back into, like, you know, the 60s and, and 70s and shit. We're going to see, like, you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s. We're going to see characters, like, go back into, like, the 80s and 90s. Because, like, that's really popular right now, the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, we're way back in the past, back Ooh. in 2003. Yeah. How primitive <laughs> everything is. Right. <laughs> Look at these cell phones in 2003. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That dude's got a Nokia, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> he's got a Blackberry. Yeah, his razor. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just trying. I know, and I like. Made out of lemons? No, like, if, if, if you're fucking, if you're, if we're in the room and you're pitching that to me, I'm like, dude, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Yeah, like if we can't have Scott Bakula be the lead in this thing, then let's have somebody out somebody trying to trying to get him, at least make him like a a focal point of this new series. Stephanie, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all this? Like is this some like if Scott I know. I 
Yeah, like, if I don't get the announcement that Scott Bakula is the lead in this, it's like, because I don't think that they want to retread that. I feel like, I feel like this NBC series is going to be like, okay, we're not going back to the fucking 50s and 60s and 70s. We're gonna, we're gonna fucking, we're gonna take you into the 80s and 90s. We're gonna see characters drinking fucking surge soda and, 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 I don't know. And Zima. <laughs> and drinking Zima. And the, look at all the kids wearing Z Cavaricci and bum equipment. <laughs> Fucking cool. <laughs> that kid's got, re, that kid's got Reebok pumps on. Fuck right off. And if it's, oh my God, if it's a teenager going back in time, eat a dick. It better be, they better get. That's such a lazy, that's a lazy take if that's what they do. Yeah. I know. I I I used to rock some Z Cavaricci back in the day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Quantum Leap. I hope it's not a quantum heap of shit. Ooh. I know. I shouldn't have said that. Was terrible. I, 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 <laughs> I always thought Quantum Leap. It was really interesting in syndication. How. They wouldn't always play the seasons in the same order they aired, but they were able to change up what they were going to show him leap into. So you would see variations of the same episodes that would end with him leaping somewhere different than when you saw that episode before. Yeah. Now, I've never seen a show like that where they actually like would cut out one part of the episode and put in a different part of the episode dependent on what episode they were deciding to play next. Like, I remember one time they even played like the top 10 episodes of Quantum Leap on sci-fi and they still had all 10 episodes synced together with the leap at the end of the episode. Oh, that's wild. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I, I always thought that was really crazy because I, I was obsessed with the show in grade school and me and my friend Tom would always like we had memorized the episode order and like what he leaped into. And I remember when it went into syndication, it like blew our brains because it was like he was supposed to go to the piano player, but he went to Vietnam. What the fuck? Oh, you know? that's so cool. <laughs> um, what are some of your favorite episodes from Quantum Leap? I mean, obviously, I just kind of named two that popped into my head. I think the piano player episode is an all-time classic. I, the Vietnam two-parter where he's trying to save his brother is just one of the most yeah. heartfelt two-parters in TV. Uh, one episode is at a high school basketball game, I believe, and then the second episode is just straight in the trenches of Vietnam. And um, yeah, I, th- those are those are two just classics. The Blind Man is a legendary episode. I loved I it when Vampire is pretty classic. I loved it when he would jump into celebrities. Um, the episode where he jumped into Elvis Presley was mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. He jumped into Marilyn Monroe. Do you remember when he jumped into Doctor Ruth and had an action scene? Yes. <laughs> That was an awesome episode. And then I love the episode where he um uh tried to save Kennedy. Oh, that's a really good one. I remember that one. In that episode, that the original ending. Okay. In that episode, he and he, he does not end up saving. We just John. lost Stephanie. Did we? Yeah, it says so. Okay. Well hopefully she'll come back. If not, then we'll pause after this. But in that episode where he tries to save John F. Kennedy, 
he doesn't save John F. Kennedy, but we find out that he was able to save, um, oh God, I can't think of his, of Lee his, Harvey Oswald. No, he doesn't save Lee Harvey Oswald. He saves his wife, Jackie Onassis. Oh, okay. Okay. Jackie O. <laughs> Why would he save Lee Harvey Oswald? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, thank thank God he killed the man accused of killing Kennedy. To find out more information, to find out the truth. No, no. J- Jackie Onassis was supposed to 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 die. Um and then they and then and then he was the one who uh who saved her. So he did that. Let's take a pause. We'll try to get Stephanie back. All right, we're back and we got Stephanie back. We lost you, Stephanie. We did. I quantum leaped just for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I would not watch the Stephanie reboot either without Scott Bakula. <laughs> oh, Stephanie, that was that was a good one. That's why we got her here, Jake. That's why we got Stephanie. <laughs> Speaking of remakes, let's jump into this news from Collider. Do, do, uh, do we any final thoughts on the uh, quantum leap shit? Uh, is this where I say, oh, boy? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, news from Collider. Michael Bay, Gareth Evans, and Patrick Hughes remaking The Raid for Netflix. Director Michael Bay is joining forces with Patrick Hughes and Gareth Evans in the return of a Hollywood hit. According to Deadline, it was reporting that the three critically acclaimed directors are uh, uh, on a reimagining of the Indonesian action thriller, The Raid, for Netflix. The 2012 film was created, written, and directed by Evans and premiered at the 2012 Toronto Film Festival, where it quickly garnered praise for its action sequences and cinematography. The success of the film led to its 2014 sequel, The Raid 2. The Raid takes place in Indonesia and follows an elite squad takes uh, with infiltrating a ruthless mobster's den... The film quickly builds suspense as the team traverses the levels of a high-rise building facing off against the drug lord's deadly underlings. Uh, that film starred Eco Uwes, uh, and Joe Taslam, uh, Yayan Ruyan, Sonny Alamsia. I mean, amazing martial artists, amazing cast here. Evans won't be taking on writing and directing duties this time around. The reimagining will see Evans as executive producer with Hughes and Bay tapped as directors. Hughes will also co-write the script alongside, alongside James Buford. Quote, uh, this is what the producers told De- uh, Deadline in their statement. We're incredibly excited about Patrick's unique vision for this film. It's a distinctly original take on the material, which promises to pay great respect to the original film while also bringing a fresh approach and perspective that will set its own course in the action genre. It says here that the reboot of the film will take place in Philadelphia, where an elite DEA task force will take on a mysterious cartel kingpin as they fight their way through his tower of informants. Such stars as Chris Hemsworth, Frank Grillo, and Liam Hemsworth were rumored to be attached in earlier attempts, but ultimately amounted to nothing. With three of the biggest action movie directors attached to this current attempt, fans are eager to see how the trio will reimagine the film for American audiences. And uh, I toss all this fucking news. <laughs> 
fuck right off with this fucking remake bullshit of a perfect film. God damn you. Go to hell. Um, I don't, I don't care if Gareth Evans is involved as an executive producer. Um, this is bullshit. And, uh, I think I'm going to take the stance that I will not watch this. Nice. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like remaking Parasite. It's like remaking, it's like doing this new Train to Busan fucking reboot, man. Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. Give this fucking approve of this bullshit. Fuck this. Yeah, I will. I'll be devil's advocate here. I I mean, does it need to be done? No. Will the originals probably be better? Yes. But I mean, I guess on the bright side, if it brings attention back to the originals, that's a good thing. Like if an American raid causes someone to watch the original raid for the first time then it's done its job. I'm fine with that. Um, And honestly, I'll I'll watch anything Michael Bay does. This could be a fun movie. Will it be as good as the original, which pretty much is a perfect movie? Most likely not, but I don't think it's sacrilegious to make this movie. I'll be there for it. Okay. What, like, what's like, okay. Um, What's like a beloved movie to you? That you would say no to the remake. I mean, I mean, I, they've already done this to things that are beloved to me. Like they they remade the Evil Dead. I know. And like, yeah, yeah. but and but I, Sam Raimi was an executive producer on that too, and it was fucking it was fucking crap. Yeah, it, it was fucking crap. But like I said, I mean, the original's not going anywhere. This is just something else. Like I I, I could see why they would want to try to expose this story better to American audiences. It's not our fault that people aren't cultured enough to just seek out the original raid. Like, you know, if they went ahead and put it out in the theater, like right now as like a re-release, it probably wouldn't make all that much money. You know, it's, but maybe an American movie with Michael Bay directing and big stars attached, even if it's a pile of dung, if it gets some people to watch the original, then that's a cool thing. The original movie did not have a huge budget, and it made money hand over fist. So, yeah, yeah, but not in American audiences, right? Like, not in it. It hit. It, oh, it, really? It made money. It made money theatrical in America. Absolutely. I mean, it's it was it was Jake, but we're talking like it. You know, it didn't blow up the box office, but we're talking about a movie that did not have a huge budget to begin with. Gotcha. If it makes twenty million, then it like just made so much money compared to yeah, what it cost. If, to if make. it even that, if it even made that here in America, I mean, it made nine point three million. Yeah, I mean, but the budget on this thing was so super low. I mean, look at the look at the look at how look at where it was set. You know, it was basically in a fucking building, right? It was like a you know what I mean. So like, it's not yeah. like. So, yeah, I, I like how your description is. It sounds like it's true to the original. It sounds like they're keeping the uh, the building set up, and I, I like that. I, I want to see a reinterpretation of, of the raid. I'm in for it. <laughs> I it's just so, it, 
here's the thing that bothers me that it's so close to the time period of the original. Like I have no problems with remakes, especially like a movie like True Grit with John Wayne being remade. And now you've got, you know, like you know, for more audience, like a more modern audience and shit like that. Like the True Grit, the True Grit remake is incredible and it happens like 40, 50 years later. This is like a 10 year old movie. And I don't know. It just, what was it like? Uh, it, this, it always happens with, with movies like an Indonesian movie or a movie from like Korea or from like another com- a country and then like America remakes it. It's very rarely that it's the opposite way around that it's like an American movie that's, that gets remade in another country. Like I think the last time I remember seeing that happen was like, didn't it happen with with Rambo recently in India? Mm, I didn't know about that, but that is an interesting point that it's not very often the other way around. It's here. It is Rambo. Yeah, Rambo. Go to IMDb and you could find uh, Rambo was remade in India. Uh, did this ever even? Did this even happen? I'm looking at the poster here. It t- uh, stars Tiger Shroff as Rambo. The actor's name is Tiger Shroff. Yeah, I mean, it just all falls back to what I was saying earlier, that sad but true, a majority of Americans don't want to see anything but American movies. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Like, look at a lot of the outrage that happened when Parasite won Best Picture at the Oscars. I mean... It's just unfortunate that that's the way it is. But can I make this argument though? Yeah, I want to hear from Stephanie too. But let me make this argument now that we're talking about it because you're saying like, you know, like American audiences don't want to see. Here's the thing, like I didn't. It's not a hundred percent. No, 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 no. Let me make this argument. Let me make this argument. Jackie Chan makes all these movies in China, and then finally gets like this big movie, you know, here in America, Rumble in the Bronx. And then all of a sudden, like, he's a huge hit. People love Rumble in the Bronx. And, like, there's really no American actor, in my opinion, that can replicate the style, the martial arts style, and the comedy of a Jackie Chan. And so what happens after we get Rumble in the Bronx? Well, a bunch of, like, these movies that Jackie Chan has made over in China start getting released here in the States on VHS. Like you, like all of a sudden, like rumble in the Bronx is a huge hit in 1994. And then the next thing I know is like, I go to family video, I go to blockbuster and there's these, all these other Jackie Chan movies that I've never seen just sitting on the shelves and they're available for me to watch. And I start watching all these other Jackie Chan movies. Feel kind of like maybe like Eco Uways is. I don't think that there's another American actor that can do what he did, and I don't think that they're even going to try to do that. Like if they do cast like a Frank Grillo type or a Chris Hemsworth, they're going to go a different road than like the martial arts aspect of this or like the. Because I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody doing what he did. And I agree. It's going to be the the supporting cast and and the people they pair with the big name star that's going to be pulling the weight when it comes to the. Uh, but do you see what I'm saying about like Jackie Chan? Like Jackie Chan 
that movie explodes here in America, and then all of a sudden everybody is watching all the like op, what was it Operation Condor, all these other fucking Jackie yeah, Chan movies. Even that example though, it still kind of falls back to like. At the end of the day, the Jackie Chan movie that made the most money in America was Rush Hour, the most Americanized Jackie Chan movie of all of them. And I mean, even Rumble in the Bronx, which was kind of the first big American Jackie Chan breakout, was kind of packaged and advertised in that classic American movie style. Like we, no one was picking up on it until it was spoon fed down their throats, and then and then it became a thing, you know? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I get what you're saying, and I and see. I don't blame and I, I don't, see I'm your not. argument, but my God, like, and for as much as I do love just a mindless fucking Michael Bay action movie that takes me back to my childhood, I don't want to see his hands on this at all. And so I'm just. I'm going to make the decision not to not to watch this. So, I don't. Stephanie, jump in here. I want to hear what you have to say. I've never seen The Raid, but Michael Bay... I have a question. Michael Bay movies are very, like, Michael Bay-ish. Is it the type of movie that would... Him doing a remake would do that movie, like, a service or a disservice? Because Michael Bay movies are almost very specific. You almost point them out as soon as you're watching them. Yeah. I don't don't know if this... Like, I don't know. I don't know if it would make... I don't know if it would make people want to go back and watch the original, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just an action director. I mean, I, it just sounds like a cookie cutter action director pick. I could see like Justin Lin doing the Raid remake or Michael Bay or, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he's an ill fit for doing it. I just, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, Jake, American cash grab just doesn't get me like, excited no like if like 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 at the end of the day that like that's like the big reason to do this right i mean you know like american cash grab oh awesome yes finally they're taking one of my favorite international movies and they're going to turn it into an american cash grab awesome i can't (laughs) i'm so excited about that thank god that they're going to make this more accessible to us Americans here, because, you know, me being American and all and watching the original, because I, God knows I didn't enjoy that because of the goddamn subtitles. Fuck right off. I, American, the American cash grab aspect of this is just like, that makes me want to vomit. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm coming from a place where I'm going to go ahead and blame the consumer more than the maker. Like, this is the world we've created. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to stop doing this because they always seem to make money on it for the most part. So, Stephanie, do you like, do you like, are you a big fan of martial arts movies? Do you like, do you I like, do. I would highly recommend, um, watching The Raid. And then after you watch The Raid, it's called The Raid Redemption. And then after you watch The Raid Redemption, watch The Raid 2. Um, some of the, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. Some of the, mo- some of the most amazing martial arts you'll ever see in a movie. Um, fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and once you, once you watch those, then you'll, you'll kind of get an idea of maybe like my outrage to see Michael Bay get his hands on this. No, I'm definitely going to check them out. Cause one of the, one of my favorite martial, I mean, I think it is a film was I had to review for an episode I did here. 
and it was that one martial arts movie that was one continuous shot. I can't remember what it was called. Okay. One versus a hundred. One or... versus a hundred. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That was really good. But I, yeah, you're, you're, I think your martial arts recommendations are really good. So yeah, I'll definitely check it out. How, when, was it like, was it a, was it out in theaters? Uh, I know that it had limited release here in the States. I did not get to see the first one in theaters. It was, th- this was something for me when I watched the first raid movie, uh, I watched it for the first time, uh, actually renting it at a video store. Um, but the raid two, I actually did get to see the raid two in the theater. What year did the first one come out? 2012. 2012. Yeah. Okay. And then the Raid 2 came out in 2014, and I reviewed the Raid 2 on PCL back in 2014. Um, Jake, they played it at that theater in Pekin, and I, I drove to Pekin to watch the Raid 2, and it was, oh my god, fucking incredible experience in the movie theater. But, um, yeah, I'm against this, man. Just like, I'm, like, you know, I'm against the Train to Busan remake, and I'm against, um, you know, uh, like if they ever wanted to, like an Americanized version of Parasite. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Is that a real yeah. conversation, the Parasite one? No. The Parasite one is the one where it's it's hard to argue. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So is the, in my opinion, so is the right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a beloved movie to me, Jake. Don't touch. No, I get it. I get yeah. it. And I'm not turning my nose up. I, I think I know. your opinion is completely I valid. see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. American audiences, the only way to get some of them in the fucking, to watch this shit and to bring attention to it is to watch an Americanized version of this shit. But I say, yeah. I, I say fuck those lazy fucks that won't seek it out. Mm, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I think Jackie Chan has made a name for himself. And I think the I, I for me, I don't know, even the, like even Rumble in the Bronx made me want to go back and watch his other shit. I think he's that I think that I he, agree. he's I that excited. Yeah, I fell down that hole. I fucking loved it. Oh, my God. Rumble in the Bronx like changed my world. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. So, I mean, that, that's what opened the door for watching any kind of martial arts movies, honestly. I, I really hadn't watched the Bruce Lee movies until the Jackie Chan wave kind of happened. I mean, I think it's just as, would you want to see, I mean, would you want to see a, I know it's completely different, but like an Americanized version of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with like, mm, no, not really. I'm going to say no to, but you didn't ask. I feel like that movie had the exposure, though. (laughs) Like, it actually, it, like, somehow worked, and American audiences actually went and saw that. Yeah, I'm just asking the guy that said he wanted to fucking get a Americanized Michael Bay raid, Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I will, I am, I will pop my popcorn right now if I can watch that movie. Well, have, have fun (laughs) watching that shit on Netflix, Jake. Have a, just fucking knock yourself out, man. I'll listen. I'll wait. I'll listen to your review. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I'm not fooling anyone. I, I don't for a second think it's going to be anywhere near as good as the original. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I'm not sitting here telling you, "Well, get ready. We're about to do this shit one better." <sighs> All right, America. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's something, I don't know, there's something really special about that first Raid movie. Like, the fact that 
the fact that it did come from like a director we hadn't heard of the fact that it was you know um made in indonesia for for not a lot of money man and i don't know i don't know i just 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 the fact that it's going to be a bigger budget michael bay production kind of just i don't know it really upsets me (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like i want you know when i want to see a michael bay movie i want to see a michael bay movie i just don't want to you know, like the new Jake Gyllenhaal, Michael Bay movie. It looks like it could be a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I agree. It I lo- agree. I get a kick out of that trailer. I really want to see that, man. But I don't know, man. There's certain shit that I just want people to stay the fuck away from. Uh, yes, Stephanie, please watch those movies. Please watch them. Um, yeah. News from Dark Horizon. Yeah, the raid makes one versus a hundred look like fucking the humans. Yes, yes. Yeah, the raid is, and then after you get done watching the raid movies, watch the night, watch the night comes for us on Netflix. The night comes for us. Yes. Oh, fuck. You get to see, uh, yeah, Eco Uace is also in that one. Joe Taslam's also in that one. Another amazing martial arts film. Um, bloody gore, fucking high octane Mm. action, great martial arts. Awesome. Um, News from Dark Horizons. Tim Allen will reprise his role of Scott Calvin in a limited TV series continuation of the Santa Claus franchise for Disney+. Plus. Um, In the series, Scott is on the brink of his 65th birthday and realizes that he can't be Santa forever. He's starting to lose a step in his Santa duties. And he's got a family who could benefit from a life in the normal world, especially his two kids who have grown up at the pole. So he sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in the life of South of the Pole. Alan previously played the role in the 1994 original feature and its two sequels in 2002 and 2006. Uh, so yeah, it looks like we're getting a, uh, the Santa Claus series on, uh, Disney Plus, and uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've seen this is where I make my stance, Brian. I <laughs> what? Now you're I gonna now now you're gonna make a stance? <laughs> you sicken me. <laughs> I, I'm actually kidding. I'll, I'll gobble this up. I'll check it out. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Santa Claus Three is a fucking abomination, though. I mean. The first one's a classic. The second one's okay. The third one is pretty garbo. I think I, I remember I've seen the first one and I thought it was a, I thought it was cute. I thought it was fine. Um, I don't think I've ever revisited it, but I thought it was fun enough. And then I think I watched the second one. I don't really remember. I don't think I've ever seen the third one. Um, I don't really give a shit if they do this. I don't, I'm not. I don't really. Stephanie, thoughts on this? Yeah, I didn't. I also didn't. I only saw the first one. I didn't see any of the sequels. I don't think I have an opinion either way. Yeah. It, but it could be cute. The first movie was cute. Like yeah. Said, and these could be. It'll be cute. It won't be. I won't watch it probably, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Exactly. I'm kind of right there with you. <laughs> like. You the know. social media posts for this have been hilarious. If you go into any comment section on any posting of this, it's just thirsty people wanting more bernard the elf i so much bernard the elf love i didn't know that was such a thing i'm just this news just upsets me that 
we are still not doing another Galaxy Quest project. Yeah, I, I think Galaxy Quest is... Man, I'd be scared of a Galaxy Quest 2. They talked Go. about doing another Galaxy Quest. I mean, they were Go talking about doing a... fucking suck. They were talking about doing a Galaxy Quest series, like, on a on a, one of these streaming services. And, I, you know, like, it's one of those things where it's like... <sighs> Can you really do it now? I don't know, but I wasn't. No like, Alan Rickman. I know, no Alan Rickman. That's like the biggest problem with it. Yeah. I, yeah, Stephanie, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't think like day one this drops on Disney Plus and I'm like foaming at the mouth, you know? <laughs> so, oh shit. Oh, more Bernard the Elf. I'm not like, I'm not in that camp. I don't know. I don't even remember Bernard the Elf. <laughs> I just had to Google it. <laughs> Hilarious. I, I I didn't remember it until seeing all the all the posts. I, I, but man, he's very popular. Apparently, that's what people want. Yeah. All right. So we'll get that. I'm sure that the, it's got its fans. Like, it came out in '94, so I was a teenager, which is probably like if you would have been a little bit younger, maybe this is like, maybe this is your jam. So. I can see it. Yeah. Uh, let's move on into, let's move on into Marvel news. That's, I, I don't even, why did I even bring up that story? I feel stupid bringing it up. Cause I don't I was really. shocked when we were going to talk about it. I, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Marvel news. I hear Michael Bay is uh, directing the Santa Claus series, Jake. Oh, shit. Some action. <laughs> some, some fucking badass action. <laughs> uh, Tim Allen's going to get hurt. <laughs> Tim Allen's going to get <laughs> fucked up. I hear they're going to blow him up in the first episode. <laughs> uh, news from ComingSoon.net. Uh, Disney Plus's uh, Moon Knight. Release date revealed. This is a rumor, the, the, the release date. I, I know we're going to find out the rumor. Uh, we're going to find out the actual date, I'm sure, when the uh, trailer drops on Monday. They're going to – did you see that, Jake? They're dropping the trailer for Moon Knight during Monday Night Football? Yeah, yeah. I saw the teaser that they released today. Oh, it was, did they show any the footage? Yeah, they show him in full costume. And I didn't see you, any of it. You see Ethan Hawke, and it's about it's you know what it's one of those stupid teasers for the trailer, but it's like twenty seconds long and okay. all footage. Did it look cool? It did look cool. What what, what happened, dude? I didn't see it. <laughs> Here, stop it! I'll link you. All right, hold on. Let's pause. I just watched it, Jake. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? It's pretty cool, man. He's fucking punching some dude. <laughs> a lot. A lot, man. They were like, you know, fuck Batman and punching that person in the trailer. We're going to show Moon Knight punching. Look good. Oh, God. Speaking of that fucking... I saw that uh, uh, before Scream played, they showed that second Batman trailer. Mm, I saw it then, too. Same. Yeah. Looked really good, didn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a great trailer. Oh, it's a really good trailer. Are you looking forward to Batman, the Batman, Stephanie? 
I am. Mm. I am. I'm like, I'm looking forward to be ple- to being pleasantly surprised. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to leave satisfied and I'm excited for it. Oh, I'm so excited for it. I'm in the, a little bit disappointed that it was announced PG 13 camp. Were you hoping for R? I was. I was. I can't believe I, I don't. I, I can't believe it could be a fantastic movie, but I was yeah. secretly hoping for an R. That shocks me. You're you're usually the guy that's okay with PG thirteen. I'm fine with I it. I just with Batman, it's like we've done it so much. It'd be nice to see that version of it. Yeah. You know that that's kind of where I'm at with it. Batman's kind of an exception. We've done the PG thirteen Batman over and over and over. Yeah, I was kind of just ready for that next interpretation. I mean, you know, yeah, seriously, like with Wolverine, and then they finally give us that. God damn it! I kind of want to watch fucking Logan right now. God damn <laughs> that, that movie's good. Did you watch Logan, Stephanie? Oh, I did in the theaters. It was excellent. That shit was fucking amazing. It's like it was heartbreaking. Yes, yes, so good. Yeah, I was I was hoping for that R rating too, Jake. I'm not gonna, you know me, man. I'm always down for that R rating when it comes to like the yeah, dar- the yeah. dark. And like you said, norm- normally I I don't it doesn't really bother me, and I'm yeah. okay with it. But I mean, I was really hoping for it here. Oh gosh, you know Robert Pattinson, Chloe, uh, was it uh, what's her name? Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. She looks great as Catwoman. I think she's. I think she's going to be. I have a feeling that that she might. She might fucking steal the movie. Yeah, I think. I think you're absolutely right. It looks like a great version of Catwoman, and yeah. it looks like they're really going to delve into their their meeting each other and their relationship. Were you shocked this week when Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet called it quits? Uh, I was shocked. I did not see that coming. I didn't it seemed either. Like they were really close. I was shocked, man. I was also shocked. They are, they seem like a really, I mean, I don't know them, but like, it seems like such a good match. Like they just seem like the same type of like earthy with the world type of people. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good match. Yeah. I was, boy, you know, there's going to be a lot of thirsty men and women now that Jason Momoa is single. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they just wrapped filming on, uh, on Aquaman too. Filming for Aquaman 2 just wrapped. Yeah, I don't fuck with Aquaman. I, I heard he fucks fish. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's a peacemaker throwback, right? What's that? That's a throwback to the Peacemaker, right? Or am I making that up? Did Correct. I okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I still never seen Aquaman 1. Are you... Would you, okay, when we review Aquaman 2, are you going to watch Aquaman 1? Yeah, I'm going to pull an Amazing Spider-Man where I waited until the week before Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out to watch Amazing Spider-Man 1. All right. I'm going to watch Aquaman 1 like days before Aquaman 2. All right. So when when Lone Ranger 2 comes out with Army Hammer, you're going to watch this one? <laughs> <laughs> I promise 100% when Lone Ranger 2 with Army Hammer comes out. I will watch Lone Ranger 1. Okay, Jake. <laughs> I solemnly swear. You know, like, when you, hey, when you watch that trailer for, what's that, what's that new movie? Uh, the, Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Like, it felt like they were purposely, like, trying not to show Army Hammer in <laughs> the trailer. It felt like. It was, it was, that was 100% happening. So what did he do? Like, you know, a bunch of, like... I remember reading it when it first happened. Like, so it was a multiple women that came out with stories about him. 
Yeah, they released a bunch of photos of text messages from phones. And he just gets really intense when it comes to sex involving blood and eating. And I mean, all this is alleged, but yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Why do we... (laughs) So, (laughs) So you're not supposed to kink shame, right? So why are we shaming? Why are we shaming Army Hammer's fucking cannibalistic kinks? Yeah, I don't know. Is that, is that crossing the line? <laughs> I think it is. I think when Army Hammer says, "I want to eat your pussy," it means something completely different, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> then he pulls out the big tub of Crisco. You should start getting scared. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me lube that up. Army, he said he wanted to eat my pussy and then he started biting down on that shit I was like yeah. no <laughs> next thing I know he had some fucking celery between his fucking <laughs> mouth and shit <laughs> oh man okay yeah yeah, that's crazy I feel like his actions post the accusations have only added fuel to the fire where he's just like Getting dropped out of all the movies, going on all these vacations, getting a little bit angry with paparazzi. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I Honestly, I only enjoyed him when he was on Reaper, which was a TV show. And so it's like I don't – I'm not going to miss Army Hammer. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel like they always tried to like give him notoriety and like really make him kind of the next big thing. Yeah. And honestly, the most – publicity he's ever had is this whole cannibalism thing yeah like it just never fucking worked yeah i mean let's let's yeah let's not focus on army hammer anymore let's oh oh what was the other thing he did he did um your name oh yeah uh call me by your name right yeah 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 that was good he was good in that he was really good yeah i don't think he's he's never ruined a movie for me like he's not a terrible actor, but I don't know. He's never really like blown me away either. Yeah. All right. They're saying that um, this is the rumor, and it comes from One Take News and that hashtag show is that Moon Knight is going to premiere on March 30th. That's the rumor. So hopefully we'll find that out. We'll definitely be finding out the date when it premieres on Monday, but they're saying March 30th. Yeah, that sounds about right. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it'll be any later than that. If it's anything different, I think it'll be sooner. I think usually when they're ready to roll out these full trailers for these TV shows, it's going to be within a couple of months. So into March sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else coming out on Disney Plus before March 30th? Like after we finish Book of Boba Fett, is there anything? I think Moon Knight's the next big thing. Yeah. Oh shit! I know She Hulk's not too not far behind. Be around that quick. Well, uh, Miss Marvel's this year. Is it okay? Uh, Mando season three is like December. Oh god, yeah, man, we're we're yeah, we're a ways off from that. Yeah. So, um, keep Robert Rodriguez the fuck away from that. God, that fucking third episode was <laughs> trash, dude. <laughs> when we were on break i put tiktok on and i saw a tiktok where they did the mighty Morphin power rangers theme song to that action sequence and i was dying 
Uh, oh, it was shocking how well it fit. It actually made the scene better. Um, oh, check this out. Uh, rumor from My Time to Shine Hello on Twitter. Is, she says, Moon Knight is going to be dark and violent and crazy. He's fighting Anubis at one point. That's awesome. I think just that 20 seconds showed us that it's going to be a different kind of Marvel show. I mean, that's you gotta have heightened. You gotta have a different kind of Marvel show. I think when you get Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely looked like it was going to be very psychological. Um, just him throwing that Rubik's cube, the stuff going on in the mirror, the amount of punching he delivers to one guy who's already laying on the ground. Uh, yeah. Wow. I I'm excited. It looks like it might be possibly the darkest most violent thing mcu has done up to this point. well i didn't think that he'd be fighting like anubis which is like a an egyptian god <laughs> i thought they I, i'm honestly not surprised by this at all i i'm very pleasantly pleased to hear that that's going to happen because that's so incorporated into moon knight's origin i know i know well there's there's a i think they're blending both of kind of like the of you know, like the Silver Age Moon Knight with like the more of the modern age Moon Knight with like the, you know, the Silver Age, which comes from like, you know, him getting his powers from an Egyptian god. And then now more recently, it's been more of like the split personality type of thing. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the Silver Age stuff didn't actually even really happen. And it was just one of the memories of one of his split personalities. Yeah, like I yeah. Think they're going to kind of toy with what what is reality when it comes to his origin. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I hope it. I, I hope it really did happen though, because I think that shit's badass. Yeah, I think that'd be a great reveal. But I think it'd be fun to play with the idea that I it's like, all just bullshit. I like that too. I like that too. Um, I don't want it to be as mind trippy as Legion, but I do want it to be trippy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I. Man, I, I'm really excited. I, you know, these Marvel shows have been great, but they've all kind of been from the same mold in in a way. And yeah, can this we? Really feels like it's going to break that mold. Can we finally have a villain just be the villain instead of fucking guessing who the villain is until like the I very? I think we're going to get that. I, I think when you yeah. cast Ethan Hawke as the villain, we're going to see him in the first episode, if not the second. Yeah, Stephanie, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to echo what Jay, that was going to be the one thing I was just going to chime in and say is like the Marvel shows have been like, I've really enjoyed them so far, Yeah, but there's not, you kind of know what the, the feeling you'll get from it. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely feels darker. And I like, I like that departure because I'm ready for something different. Same. Absolutely. More Murphy's Multiverse uh, recently had an article uh, about where we can expect to see Charlie Cox's Daredevil next. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but there was a couple new ones that Murphy's Multiverse added to the list. Um, in the past, I've talked about how, you know, I've heard that uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil is going to be showing up in the She-Hulk series. Um, the Echo series and then also in his own Daredevil series. But they added that we could be seeing Charlie Cox showing up in Armor Wars. That's wild. Here's what they said. Armor Wars is still a long way off and very, very little is known about it. But the premise is that a group of villains mysteriously come into possession of Stark Tech and that James Rhodes will have to deal with the fallout. 
One of those villains is engineer Wilbur Day, who uses the tech to upgrade his original suit. It would represent a major missed opportunity not to include Stiltman, originally a Daredevil villain who first appeared on the page in 1965. In Stiltman um, actually re-showed back up in uh, Mark Wade's Daredevil <laughs> in, a, in a really awesome issue. Um, in Armor Wars, and have Rhodey enlist the help of Daredevil in taking him down. Assuming we also see Cox and Echo, this will mark at least his uh, second 2023 appearance. There's also a rumor he'll appear in Ironheart, which would come out before Armor Wars. So basically this, I guess this article is basically talking about all the other rumors where he could possibly show up. They're also saying he could show up in Spider-Man 4? Jesus, just say he could show up in fucking everything. (laughs) You'll be right one way or the other. Here's the thing, though. It's like uh, Murphy's multiverse is right on a lot of things, but I feel like Spider-Man 4 was setting up the symbiote, like the symbiote suit, but maybe, I mean, maybe it's the symbiote suit and they're saying that maybe he could be taking on the Kingpin in Spider-Man four. Jake, I think that if they're going to introduce the symbiote suit, I think that it would be awesome if they did introduce a symbiote suit and him and the symbiote suit are working together in that first movie. Yeah. I love that idea of not resolving that right away yeah no it's like thinking it's a good thing and it being more than a movie later before he realizes it's not a good thing well that's the way it was in the comics it was kind of like an upgrade before it turned out to be like this thing you know that was you know what i mean yeah i'm not even a hundred percent sure that the writers had even gotten to that point because i'm pretty sure they didn't yeah i'm it's todd mcfarlane and david michelin that eventually created venom like they get the credit for it yeah and so they weren't the writers when the black suit was introduced which leads me to believe that that's a concept that came after the fact exactly because like it it first appeared in secret wars you're absolutely right i think it would be cool if like he was just like you know now that he doesn't have the iron spider suit all the start tech and, you know, like this, this would upgrade him. Like he just kind of goes with it. Yeah. I like the idea of now that Charlie Cox Daredevil is in the MCU, let's, let's let him have some fun. I mean, he's got his superpowers to me are strong enough and support. Let him have a fucking Iron Man suit for an episode or something. Yeah. Like I, th- I think it'd be fun to see Charlie Cox in some more fantastical MCU strange circumstances. Like, we're obviously not going to get, you know, dark and dirty street crime Charlie Cox Daredevil. So I, let's take the Mark Waid approach and do fun, goofy, comic booky stuff with I him. love that. I love that. I mean, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite issues of the Mark Waid uh, Daredevil is the the issue where he rides um, Silver Surfer's board. 
Yeah, I, it's, I think it's a really fun <laughs> character to put into. He's kind of a character that we can relate to who's a little bit more grounded. And then you put him into these ridiculous comic book situations. I think that'd be a lot of fun. It would be. Between but... Silver Surfer's board and Iron Man armor. Yeah. And Spider-Man villain stuff. I, it's going to be fun to see Charlie Cox dealing with more traditional comic book storylines. Yeah, that's the way the comics did it. Like, um it got really dark for the character and then Mark Wade lightened it up. So they, I mean, you could go back and forth with this character. So I, I agree with you. I mean, it worked in the comics. Um, I don't know if I care about this next story. It's an eternal story. Do you care? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> The gist of the story is that Icarus might still be alive. Oh. Okay. okay. Do, do you want to hear about it? No. <laughs> I mean, you literally just told me it's about the least interesting character in the entire movie. <laughs> okay. If you guys are interested in this story, go to comic, <laughs> go to comicbook.com. Um, just do a search for Eternals characters. Surprising Marvel return might have been spoiled by social media if you want to read about this story. But, yeah, I mean, uh, if you had some Fina news or some <laughs> Druid news, then maybe. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about some Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness rumors from Twitter. Grace Randolph recently tweeted, MCU screening was Doctor Strange 2. And I'm hearing very positive feedback from several sources. So, some people that have seen a screening, an early screening of Doctor Strange 2 got in touch with Grace Randolph. And she's hearing very positive feedback from these sources. And this is what she went on to say. Wanda is still villain and is not watered down. America Chavez is definitely LGBT, and they showed her parents. Lots of major awesome cameos. Oh, yeah, movies back on track, fire. So um, My Time to Shine Hello also tweeted, It's true, there was a test screening yesterday for Multiverse of Madness. Are oh, they... Man. Sorry, excuse me. Oh, no, go ahead, Stephanie. Are they still in the phase where, based on the reaction of the test screenings, they can make changes? Or is this, do we know if this is like the final cut? I mean, they're still doing reshoots, right? As far as we know, they were doing six, yeah. six weeks of reshoots, so. Movie making so different than it was even five, ten years ago. I honestly feel like they can go up to two weeks before a release date and still make final changes and cuts. Yeah. Like, I, it's just the technology is so different now that you don't have to have that final cut in the can as early as you used to. Yeah. So. Oh, man, I would love to be in a Doctor Strange 2 test audience screening. Jesus, that'd be a dream come true. <laughs> These lucky-ass fucking people. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, uh, do you know how they do that, Jake? Uh, yeah, they just, like, basically make you sign a uh, NDA and grab you at the movie theater when you're seeing something else, right? They don't even tell you what you're seeing. Well, yeah, it's like uh, they'll have people, you know, let's say you're you're walking uh 
sometimes it's like a theater that's like in a mall and you're walking around the mall and they're like, Hey, would you like to, would you like to see a movie that's not, uh, that's not out right now? And, um, then they, they won't, they won't tell you what the movie is. They'll tell you like, Oh, it's like, you know, it's an action movie or it's a this and that. And they'll give you like the genre. They'll give you the rating of the film. And then they'll ask you, you know, if you want to see it. And then you have to sign the NDA and, uh, saying that you're not going to talk about it on social media and give out spoilers and shit like that. And you typically don't know what the movie is until you actually get into the movie theater and it starts to play. So. Oh my God. Can you even imagine? No, I can't. Fucking just bounce off the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it was fucking Dr. Strange, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. I would flip the fuck out. Absolutely. Oh my God. You know, you'd be about to see some shit. Like, (laughs) yeah. All these guest appearances getting locked down. I mean, but you know, like Stephanie said, no matter what, you can still. It can still alter stuff. Like I've been seeing that they have filmed multiple versions of things with multiple characters and they still haven't cemented which, which way they're going to go. Oh yeah. Like they'll, they'll use these audiences. Um, uh, many, many endings to movies have been changed because of test audiences. Like, um, the butterfly effect, they changed the ending of that movie because of a test audience. Have you seen the original ending to the butterfly effect? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it on the DVD release. That movie kind of came out right at the DVD boom when it first started. And it was yeah. one, like, one of the first like alternate endings I ever saw, honestly. Yeah. What a fucked up alternate ending to that movie. Yeah, I kind of like it better. I mean, I'm... Really? <laughs> with the, with, yeah, I, just... with, I don't know. I love the original movie, but the fact that they have a... a the baby fucking like hangs itself with the umbilical cord and dies in the womb that's kind of yeah i mean it's like the mist thing like where it's just such a fucking depressing side yeah, in, you know i kind of i kind of respect it yeah um I, I i'm hearing that like one i i think one of the cameos that could happen because they're saying like lots of major awesome cameos um i'm definitely 100 percent sure that we're going to get the professor acts hopefully patrick stewart in this one but they're also saying like i'm hearing like one of the one of the one of the rumors is that the post credit scene could be like a tom cruise iron man variant yeah i'm seeing a lot more you brought that up last episode i've actually been starting to see that float around the rumor mill too that it, very possibly we could see the tom cruise iron man that would be crazy and the reason why that is so fucking cool is the fact that that's who the studios wanted to be Iron Man originally. They thought they needed a bigger actor for Iron Man. And it was uh, John Favreau that was pushing for Robert Downey Jr. Because he was not the star, you know, he was not the star then that he is now. Oh, yeah, Iron Man 1 was like basically like, you know, Pulp Fiction was to Travolta. Exactly. Robert Downey Jr. Exactly. People forget that, though. So, um. Casey Walsh recently tweeted, saw a story that Marvel reached out to Ben Affleck for a Daredevil cameo. This was something I heard as well, but I wouldn't expect a cameo. So it doesn't look like it happened, but it looked like Marvel did reach out to to Ben Affleck for a Daredevil cameo. Probably not going to see it in Multiverse of Madness, though. 
Yeah, I read this as well. I think Affleck is ready to close the book on being a superhero. Um, there's been a lot of press about that this week. Um, apparently Matt Damon is the one who talked Ben Affleck out of, you know, being Batman and quitting that job and doing this one last movie to kind of close the book on that character. So yeah. I think he's probably officially done being involved in any kind of superhero movie at this point. Yeah. Um, we don't need that either. Right. And who's popping for Ben Affleck daredevil? Uh, just as a cameo in a Marvel movie, I don't need it. Yeah, no, no, it, it serves no purpose. Uh, two big actors filmed two different scenes for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness that will either be used as a mid or post credit scene, or for the end of the movie. So, yeah, I read this. This was a my time to shine hello tweet. I yes, believe. Yes, yes, it was. Um, yeah, this this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier, how they're definitely filming multiple things with multiple actors and still coming to that final decision about what they're going to uh, what they're going to show next. What do you think? You think Hugh Jackman shows back up as Wolverine just for. I mean, you're talking that, about that's saying, such a can of worms. My my gut says no, but it would be cool. Two big actors film two different scenes for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, we, I, I 100% think we're getting Patrick Stewart as Professor X and just the implications of, um, doing it as a post credit scene though is something, something completely mm-hmm. else, right? Like once you do that, it kind of implies, it kind of that, implies that the character would come yeah. back as, yeah. yeah. So, so is the, is the, so then I guess if they're in the movie, there's the, op- that, then there's the possibility that they could be, obviously an alternate universe in which they existed but not currently or moving forward as where if you would put them in a post credit scene like you just said the implication is they're back yeah yeah exactly 100 percent. like the, the movie has the perfect storyline to be able to kind of be wacky with it and show us this different stuff but it's a whole new can of worms putting it as a post credit scene what do you think ryan reynolds shows up as deadpool for a comedic mid or post credit scene that seems more likely than hugh jackman to me even though we really haven't seen the buzz, like you've seen way more buzz about the potential Hugh Jackman cameo. It feels way more likely that the Ryan Reynolds thing would happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I'm so excited. I mean, that's really, we're going to get some wonky ass shit. There's good. It feels like there's going to be a lot to talk about once we submit Dr. Strange too. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, my time to shine. Hello. Also said recently that don't expect any of the, uh, Illuminati to survive this movie. Which, yeah, I could see that. Uh, well, that's not all made of- that goes against the original rumor that My Time to Shine Hello put out there that uh, fucking Captain Carter was going to survive and that you know that that there were going to be some members. I mean, I know I thought I thought that I read that the Illuminati Mordo was going to die, um, that uh, the Illuminati. Um, was it Balder the Brave was gonna die, but I didn't read anything about Captain Carter dying. I, I thought that if we get Illuminati Captain Carter that she was gonna survive this one, so. Maybe this implies that they decided against doing Illuminati Captain Carter. Um, or, or maybe it's just, um, you know, just a different version. Maybe it won't be the same as the animated Captain Carter. As confusing as that sounds. Yeah. 
Um, here's some uh, non-Multiverse of Madness Twitter rumors that I read this week from My Time to Shine Hello is that they just started casting for the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I read this as well. I This is exciting. I, I can't wait to see what they do here. Um, you know, it's everyone wants John uh, Kay as Mr. Fantastic, and I definitely think that's pretty cool if that happens. I, I feel like this is a casting I... They've really got to get right. I would hate, and I'm sure that you could, if, if casting, you know, like everybody's got who they want to pick. Is it, is it a particular character for you, or is it just like all all four of the all four members? Um, I think all four for me. I think um, I'd, I'd really like to see who they cast as Doctor Doom. Um, yeah, but um, whether or not that character will appear in, appear in the first film, I'm, I'm assuming they will, but I don't know. But I think the overall cast, like the ensemble, needs to be like just really well cast. And I'm sure that they're taking those precautions. But I'm insanely invested and interested to find out what who the who the final cast will be. Yeah, I mean that's it's huge. It's Marvel's first family. It's it's Kevin Feige's crack at this. I mean they. I mean this is another one, Jake, where it's like, you know, we think you know we know Spider Man. You know, we had Tobey Maguire, we had Andrew Garfield, but man, it's like fucking Fox had two cracks at this, man. Yeah, and I don't think casting was the problem in the original two movies. I, I think it was more of a tonal issue that made those movies bad. Actually, the casting was, was pretty decent. Um. But yeah, and the casting in the second movie was, I mean, a lot of good people, but it just... Again, it was the tone and the way they went with the story. I don't think the casting's been awful from the the first two times. I don't think I don't think it was awful either. I don't think it was awful, but I I think oh, Michael Chiklis thing was fun. I mean, yeah. Chris Evans Human Torch was okay. Yeah. Miles Teller Reed was, I mean, on paper decent. Yeah, I think for the time it was fine. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're not wrong though. It's, it's, it's big. I, I think we're, we're definitely not I, dealing with no names here. I've got more, yeah. I've got more confidence in this one now that John Watts has proven to me from No Way Home that he's, you know, he's capable of making a fucking fantastic movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And even pre No Way Home, like the tone of like homecoming is definitely kind of that fantastic for tone, tone, you know? Lighthearted fun. Here's another My Time to Shine Hello rumor. Hulk will leave Earth at the end of She-Hulk. Yeah, I read this. This this is crazy. Yeah. I, I could see it. I could see it though. I think they've always teased around with eventually getting to the World War Hulk stuff. And if this rumor is true, that's definitely where we're headed. Yeah, is Hulk going to be that dangerous? By the, like, wasn't World War Hulk, like, we sent Hulk off planet, though? Yes. Yeah, we sent Hulk off planet. <laughs> I mean, I, but I haven't gotten anything from, from, from watching the last few, you know, 
Mark Ruffalo appearances in the movie, I haven't felt like they've needed to send him off planet. I don't think. Yeah, agreed. And it happening in a She-Hulk show to me implies that it's like a court decision that he'd be sent off planet. So maybe, I mean, it's a She-Hulk show. So obviously we're going to have a Hulk development. Maybe, maybe something happens with Banner in the span of this series that's just crosses the line i guess man it just seems like a lot to cover in the she hulk show it's just like you know from him being professor hulk to you know his appearance uh the way he showed up at the end of shang chi and he was bruce banner again he didn't see he didn't seem like a threat no i agree i agree and i you know not that i don't want the hulk in the she hulk show but i do want the focus to be she hulk yeah um so it does seem like a lot to do with the Hulk if we're uh, if that's the storyline we're doing. Here's another rumor from My Time to Shine Hello. Marvel had talks with Jaden Smith, no less, about a role. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Hmm. Why and with what role? <laughs> Emphasis yeah, on why? I, I couldn't even guess what role, Stephanie. No. Oh God, no! I have no, I have no idea. Hopefully, he says no. I mean, could he just be like a, you know, we've got like Cat Dennings who's playing like a comedic character. We've got, you know, just like these side characters. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I doubt he's the next Luke Cage. <laughs> Please no. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then the final thing that I wanted to talk about from uh, rumors from my time to shine hello was Sony wants more Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Who doesn't? Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah, how do you bring him back, though, after No Way Home? You know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, I've always wanted them to do the Jackal in the movies. He's kind of one of my favorite Spider-Man villains that it seems like untouchable when it comes to uh, doing in television shows and movies. Like even the cartoons have never really dealt with this character much. And once you introduce the Jackal, you introduce the clones. And I, I got to imagine that eventually we're going to do Spider-Man clone stuff. I don't think they can resist. I think it's definitely going to happen at some point. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe the cloning stuff could ha- be how we get William Defoe back. I know the Jackal had lots of dealings with the Green Goblin in the comic books. We'll see. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, he was just so popular, you know, coming back and playing the character in No Way Home that I could see why Sony would want him back. So, yeah, and but yeah. I mean, William Defoe, he had, you know, we talked about the demands he had to come back. Like, I, I don't think he's going to come back for any willy nilly cameo. I think the role has to have some meat on it. Or yeah. He's not going to give a shit. It's not like he's not in demand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not like he could work with any director he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Defoe can do whatever he wants and work with whoever he wants. So I, I don't think he's going to beat around the bush with the MCU and Sony. If it's not going to be of some substance. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Hey guys, that is uh, that is all I have this episode. Yeah, this was a fun one. This was. <laughs> I, I liked it. I, I I was surprised by a lot of the stuff we watched. I mean, it was a weird week with the good pop, bad pop. I yeah. thought shit was either 
amazing Tupperwares or bottom of the barrel toss its and low taste its. It, it didn't feel like much in between this week, and that's get, kind of fun. Dude, get your ass on Archive 81, bro. Yeah, I will. I will. I, I, oh my God, I regret. Like, I could have just not watched the house and then found out I never needed to watch the house. Yeah. I fucked up there. Oh, God. Ugh. I wish I wouldn't have put it on the fucking list, but you know what? We're saving other people from watching it. I'll say that. I, much. That's the way I feel about it, too. I felt that way with the humans, too. Like, I, I honestly didn't know coming in that if you guys were going to dislike that movie as much as me, I thought, well, maybe I'm the dummy and I'm the only one that thinks this is crap. No, so, I mean, yeah. that's, that's one of the things. It's like, uh, you know, we do this show and sometimes, uh, the reason we we go over this shit is so that other people don't have to fucking suffer suffer through the same bullshit that we that we watched. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely take pride in that. It's like even when I watch a complete toss it, um, especially one that doesn't have much notoriety. It's nice to nice to help other people and save them from the pain we suffer. Yeah. We're you know, the fucking superheroes. We should be in the MCU. Stephanie, it's always ha- it's always fun having you on these episodes. Same, thank you. And I felt so special. It was just me. Like I, this, I love these intimate. I like it when it's intimate. Like yes, that. yes. It was one of those things. Like before we started recording, Stephanie, like when we first brought her onto the call, and she saw that it was only her. She was like, "It's only me." <laughs> and she yeah, that was, was hilarious. She was so excited. I was like, like, I was just like, yeah. I told Stephanie, I said. When we have other people on here, she's so worried about cutting them off that she just fucking like you get lost in the mix. And I just wanted I wanted more Stephanie this episode. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I always want more Brian and Jake. Oh, uh, I could tell. I I felt the warmth when it was she she knew she got to be on with just me and you, Brian. Yeah, yeah. She was like I you know yeah she didn't want to split the time. Yeah, she didn't want to split the time with some other fuck nut. Yeah. <laughs> Some other dildo on here yammering on about bullshit. <laughs> She's like, fuck Joe Stark. I don't give a fuck what he thinks this week. <laughs> fuck Neil. Fuck you, Neil. Oh, yeah, I, Neil doesn't even want to listen to us anyway. Listen, guys, I'm not, this is not my quote. I'm just quoting Stephanie from earlier. All right? This is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She said, she said, fuck that Neil bitch ass motherfucker. I mean, we've all been there. I can't can't tell you how many times I've said that. Yeah, it sounds just like me. She's like, like, handy Greg, handy Greg. Yeah. She said, she said, Handy Greg can suck my dick. Oh, man. Yeah. She was like, I'll show you what I'll do with Kevin Shanks. And she fucking snapped a pretzel in half. <laughs> she said, she said, Kevin stanks. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. No. Now, now we're never. The Neil stuff, man. The Neil stuff. That yeah. Yeah. Was fuck, no joke. fuck Neil. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're all in agreement there, right? Fuck Neil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> He'll never hear. We can say whatever we want. Neil will He'll never hear never this. Hear yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't listened in 17 months. <laughs> yeah, we got to wait until we end the call before we talk trash about the likes of like Joe Stark and Kevin Shanks. But That's we can true. shit all over Neil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. No, Stephanie, do you feel like, were you happy? Were you happy that you got to be on this weekend? You happy you got to watch all this content this week? Yeah, it was a lot of content. I am happy. I was, like Jake said, I was pleasantly surprised by something. Yeah. Um, not the humans, but I was presently surprised by something. I was surprised by the humans. I saw that cast and I was excited. Here's the thing about the humans. Like, even the title is misleading, right? Mm-hmm. The humans. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like it's going to go somewhere like supernatural or like extraterrestrial? The humans. Yeah, yeah that movie it, was the biggest fucking cock tease. I thought it was. Okay, so my question now about the end we're ending, but if you read the synopsis, they give the impression that there is something supernatural going on. Did we just miss it? I don't. I. Ooh, I don't know. Like, yeah, is it so over our heads that there was something supernatural going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's fucking supernatural. I made it through the whole two hours of that. That was terrible. Oh, God. And I'm not saying, like, everybody in that movie fucking acted their asses off, too. Okay. I agree. I agree. It was it was so weird. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, no new episode next week. Taking the week off. Uh, yeah. Daddy needs a little bit of a recharge of the battery. No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be out of town. I'm not gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be out of town. So, uh, I don't feel like recording remotely next week. So, just taking the week off, but we'll be back the next week. I don't think every, I don't think people are gonna be missing much next week. What did I have? What did I have in my notes initially for next week, Jake? What are we gonna be missing here? Yeah, it's not a big week. Usually this, like, into January, beginning of February is traditionally not too many big movies or TV shows come out. What a little it? bit more in the last few years than in previous years, but oh, uh, we're going to be missing the, the only thing that I had here uh, for uh, you know the potential of episode four ten was Ozark Part Four. Uh, so the final season of Ozark, and then Too Hot to Handle season three drops. Jake, oh, that'll be fun. So I'll still be watching that shit. Me too. You won't be watching Ozark. You don't watch Ozark. I was only talking about Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> I know, because you don't watch Ozark, but, and you're missing out on a great fucking show. What the fuck, Jake? Yeah, I should check out Ozark. That's the um, Bateman show. Yeah, right? it's fucking uh, Jason Bateman. What's the other lady in there? What's her name? She's really fucking good. Are they long seasons? What are they, like 10 episodes? Something like that? Ozark. Jason, Laura Lenny. Laura Lenny. If you like, uh, if you like Breaking Bad, you'll love fucking Ozark, man. It's fucking great. It's like Breaking Bad, but with a family. (laughs) 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 What was so funny there, huh? It's the way you soften your voice. It's like Ozark, man. Family. It's, just, it's, it's uh, see, that's 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 the energy that I bring to these episodes, Stephanie. It is. I know, I know. I like to just, I let's just say something really weird. 
<laughs> let's, just, let's just say something in a really weird cadence. That's what I like to bring to these episodes, <laughs> Stephanie. Ozark season three almost didn't happen, right? Didn't they get canceled? No. Um, you're thinking of some other Netflix bullshit where they're trying to cancel everything else. I feel like uh, okay. you're maybe thinking about Mindhunter, maybe. Uh, okay. I thought it was some Jason Bateman sci-fi Netflix show. Jason Bateman did a sci-fi Netflix show? Yeah, I must not know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Dude, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Anyway, let's wrap this shit up. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you. You'll come back again sometime? Uh, I would love to. I would always love to. Well... Stay in my good graces and you'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) That was fucked up. (laughs) I did not see that coming. That was hilarious. (laughs) Oh boy. Dr. Pepper spit take for me. Uh, (laughs) Stephanie, don't you dare fucking cross me. Don't 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 cross me. And we'll have you back. Yay! All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We will see you in two weeks with episode 410. Thank you for joining us on our cleanest episode ever, episode 409, Jake. Nice, nice. Only 11 more till 420. Ooh, shit. Jake's Jake's gonna get cheached and chonged on fucking 420. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you then. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Clean, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture push over. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and with a shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap! Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Pop, 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 pop
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftover. The band that's singing this Hot Culture Leftovers.